What's up, everyone? Welcome to Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 144. It's another lovely Saturday here, and we've got some things to talk about. One of our favorite guests is back in the house. But first, I need to throw it over to my partner in crime, Mr. Sea of Thieves legend himself. That's right, baby. Mr. Rodriguez. How you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a uneventful week for me, personally, but um, other than that, man, I got... Three different drinks I'm looking at over here right now. Uh, Why do you have three drinks? I don't know. I have a Diet Pepsi, a Zero Sugar Root Beer from AW, which actually is really good. I'm, you know, surprised. And then like a full ass sugar monster pipeline punch. Oh, God. That uh, would yeah, like I'm going collapse. Out. I already had like a mean bean. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I got some other kind of drugs in me. Just got to add uh, some alcohol to the whole mix. Right. Yeah, yeah, just go could. to town. You gotta, you know, go all out for this, you know, Saturday thing. We're at one forty-four. So, like, are we doing something special for one fifty? We need to talk. Yeah, about this. we absolutely are. I'm gonna start planning it any day now. No shirts. No, That's we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> but yeah, we will do something for one fifty. I have actually, in all seriousness, been thinking about it. I don't know what yet. Um, we have a little time, but we'll we'll do something. We'll figure it out. But that, what if I get that, a tattooed across my? Like SG 150th show. Because. I don't know if you'd want to do 150th show, but SG tattoos are always encouraged. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's right. a temple. It's a temple. A temple. Yeah. 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 Right. Luke, Mr. Yeah, man. Ghost, host of the Xbox Expansion Pass, a regular on the show. You all know him. What's happening, brother? Uh, honestly, guys, it is so good to be here without Joseph Moran, without <laughs> Mr. Batwood. And I just think it's important, you know, in these trying times and the difficult, uh, we get, he's not here. And I'm so glad to finally get to have a conversation with you guys. Yeah. Uh, and just, just really just remind everyone that he's awful. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. over the past few weeks, he's been on a couple times, and, and we were really just getting it out of our system so we could get back to normality. You save the best for last type thing, you know what I mean? I get it. I get it. And I know you got plans for 150, and I'm going to level with you. If you try to bring him on, he's going to ruin him. <laughs> he's going to ruin him. It's just what he does. He writes the stuff down. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's bad. But uh, Real Talk, boys, good to see you. Rough week for, for some of us, I, I know. Yes. Uh, good to get to hang out with you guys, talk some aliens, which I'm excited about. Yeah, man. Uh, there's a there's a lot to to a lot of goodness to go around. So I appreciate you letting me fill my Saturday. So thank you guys. Yes. Of course. Yeah. And, oh, wait, Luke. The the David Bateson intro to EXP. You like Loved it? it? Loved it. When yeah. I heard it. I was just like, this should be it from here on out. I mean, I love Master Chief. Yeah, you peaked. Xbox. This, this, that I was just like, oh man! <laughs> like I want, I want him for my ringtone, you know, like just like, hey, I'm calling, you know, or something, you know, just so best friends now. I'll message. I'll be like, hey, David. Yeah, yeah so, I need this. For anybody that doesn't know, uh, he's talking about David Bates in the voice of Agent Forty Seven, and he was good enough to do an audio bumper for the beginning of XCP that introduces the show. Uh, which is really cool. And I've had several guests get to do that, Master Chief, a few others. But uh, this one was neat. And it's it's haunting because this is the hitman. This yeah. is the hitman. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, it's me. And we'll listen to the show. Have fun. And like, Weird. Yeah. Oh, man. A so super good. cool guy. Fun interview, too. I, li yeah. I, I liked it. Yeah, Thank you for pointing it out. <laughs> 
Hey, uh, Bizzle, uh, welcome, chat. Elu, Hassan, Bizzle, Bomber, good to see everyone. Matt, what's happening? He said, I'd have to be a major part of SG before I'd get a tattoo. Uh, that goes for me, too, Bizzle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there's, <laughs> I'd have to be a bigger part well, of let, SG let, before let's, I get a tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> let's discuss, you know, at some point what that bigger part needs to be. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I think I think Bizzle would look really cool with, like, the, the skull, you know, you know, on his shoulder. He's probably got something on there, though. Yeah. Well, Again, he said that our, our sugar skull is one of the few stickers put at his work. Um, Perfect. We, we, we made that collection. So pretty badass. If any one of your listeners would mm-hmm. like a free tattoo, I'm currently sponsoring Joe Sucks to be tattooed <laughs> across your lower back. Uh, your lower back. It's a tramp stamp. Yeah. Fantastic. Only appropriate, I would think. So if oh, anyone wants man. that, you just hit me up. I'll take care of you. No problem. Love it. Yeah, we'll get a lot of boo boojo uh, going here shortly. That's right. Um, of course, for anyone listening to this later who doesn't uh, is not in tune with our uh, ongoing chat with Luke and Joe, uh, you know him as a host of Xbox Expansion Pass. Luke here, and of course, host of the Trophy Room, Joe. Um, uh, good friends, other than the fact that, of course, Joe sucks. You know, what he I mean? does. He's so. really the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, before we get started, and uh, Dan, I see that um, obviously your name uh, calls it out. Uh, a t- tough week um, for the gaming community uh, in a number of ways. Uh, now, I, I was not friends with uh, Nintendo Guru, um, so I can't really speak to him. Uh, but condolences, obviously, to anyone who knew him, anyone impacted by that. Um, but we lost one of our brothers over at uh, Lords of Gaming as well this week, uh, Dizzy, um, who uh, everyone knows him as Dizzy. His real name's Kevin, of course. Um and uh, just a, a really, really tough loss for a lot of people um, that is, you know, obviously part of our community and, and the Lord's community and that community. Um, so if you missed it, uh, we do actually have links on our site as well, linking to the uh, memorial episode that uh, happened yesterday. Uh, Cognito over there uh, coordinated it. I was part of it, as were all the Lords and a whole bunch of other people, hundreds of people in the chat. So uh, that is up uh, with a link on our site. Please check it out. There's also a link to uh, Kevin's article he wrote last year, which was very impactful, titled Gaming with Cancer, um, which was a fantastic article, tough read. But one thing it will do for you is uh, put things into perspective, um, because I think a lot of us, um, myself included, I'm not, uh, you know, lose perspective at times. We all do. Uh, as to what's truly important in this world, especially in the uh, nonsense that we all see uh, within the gaming community on a damn near daily basis. So um, there are a lot more important things in life. And uh, Kevin was really, really good about uh, reminding us of that. So if you didn't catch any of that, please do. It's worth it. Trust me. Um, You can find the links on our site. Obviously, go to lordsgaming.net or their YouTube channel. You can find it there as well. So. Yeah, there's a there's a Patreon set up too for oh thanks go fund me go fund yeah a go fund me okay yeah. um, sorry Patreon yes to, to help yeah. um, uh, his Kevin's wife. now wife uh, excuse me uh, wife Rosalind and their son Parker obviously devastated and uh, you know I mean losing a spouse when you have a young child is uh, you know I, I don't really have the words you know I think we all know so um, it's been incredible to see the the outpouring of the community for that gofundme for the support and uh but if you have the means of course uh anything anything helps it was a it was a rough week for for a lot of reasons but it was neat and a nice reminder that um the communities put aside all the silliness that comes with our gaming chats 
to take care of families and to work to help those families. That was, uh, that stood out to me. I mean, especially, especially with, with Bobby going and then Kevin a few days later, that was really rough. Um, and like, you know, I, I joke about Joe, Joe was in a real bad spot a few week, months ago. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool when our, our internet friends can come together and back us up and it reminds us about how helpful gaming can be Yeah, in that real world <clears throat> stuff, stuff. Yeah. Um, what surprised me the most yesterday, it didn't surprise me. What I love seeing the most, I should say, is how many people I heard from that joined our Zoom call um, who I'd never spoken to personally before. Um, and we just kind of shared stories and, and memories. And you're right, it, it brought everyone together. And I think if if we all did a better job of looking at things from that perspective more often, it would be a better place for everyone. So um I'm going to talk a little more. I don't want to detract from the conversation focused on Dizzy here at the start because that's what this is. I'm going to talk a little more later near the end of the show about some things that uh, we're going to be doing with SG um, in the future that uh, will be an ongoing campaign to highlight positivity and good things in the gaming community. So uh, more to come on that here shortly. Yeah, man. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I... You know, I stepped away for a little bit from the socials, and yeah, Diego <clears throat> actually told me about it a few days after it happened, and it's 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 awesome to see, you know, like you guys said, the community kind of come together for this kind of stuff. And Kevin was one of those guys where, you know, he's got some roots here in Kansas City too. You know, he's we always he have some conversation about like we had know, a we had a barbecue discussion yesterday bar- as well in honor yes. of him, which he, he would have loved. He was a big sauce guy here. He loves Kansas City sauce. Um, but he, he was always one of those guys that was, you know, he, he just said what he wanted to say, you know, but he was, you know, and, and he had, he had his opinions and, 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 but, but he was always nice about it. And he was always a gentleman in a, in a place that, you know, doesn't have a lot of that, yep. you know, so I, you know, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him, you know, his tweets. I'm going to miss, you know, I feel terrible for those guys over there, you know, cause they were obviously much, much closer um, and they're just such a tight knit community over at IOP. And so my condolences go out to them, you know? Yeah. Yep. Fair. Um, he, what was most apparent yesterday, uh, which I don't even think, um, you know, Cog even said he didn't realize is how many people Dizzy touched and communicated with on a regular basis. Um, yeah. I actually went back through my DMS and, and Dizzy, I told him that, um, Dizzy first reached out to me early last year, early 2020. So I only known known him in that way a little over a year, but we talked regularly. Um, and he was always, you know, just really on point. You would never know. We talked about this a lot yesterday, but you would have never known that he was going through what he was going through. Never. He was just always so positive and outgoing and willing to help anybody and everyone. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, I could go on a long rant about the world taking people from us that, um, it shouldn't and uh leaving people here that are doing no good for anyone you know um it's the the tough part of life so yeah he he was a huge supporter of not only you know ilp where he did a lot of stuff but here at sg you know we saw him in the chat all the time you know when he he could make it he was everywhere really i mean he was always in chats in all these podcasts and he took that time to you know come in and just talk positively about it about the hobby and we need more of that. So I, when I saw the news, I was, you know, it was devastating because, you know, we don't have people like him, a lot of people like him, you know, in the community. And 
you know, I just hope his family does all right. You know, the GoFundMe seems to be going extremely well, which is awesome. Um, the show yesterday, I had, I wasn't able to tune in. I'm planning on going back and watching it. So, uh, it's big loss, yeah, man. It's, about, it's over three hours long, and uh, definitely have some tissues nearby. Yeah, uh, a lot of stories. A lot of us were broken up multiple times throughout. So, mm-hmm. which is what it's about. But we also had a lot of laughs. Um, you know, most of his really close friends who knew him better than I did uh, said that if you know he was watching yesterday, he hated it because he didn't. You know, he never wanted the attention on himself, and he certainly want wouldn't want everyone sitting around, you know, being sad uh, about things. He, so that's why we brought up, uh, you know, barbecue and Mass Effect and a lot of other funny kind of debates that, uh, you know, he would love to have as well. So it was excellent. So, uh, all right. That's hard to jump off of. Bear with me. So there's a new, uh, new Switch, I guess? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Nintendo. Uh all right. Yeah. Let me, um, let's, uh, let's get on with the show fellas. Uh, which again is exactly what Dizzy would be in the chat telling us to do right now. So yeah, tell us to shut up. Yeah. Telling us to shut up. And move <laughs> on. So we're on it, brother. Um, let's, let's do it. Uh, yeah, we'll start with, um, we'll start with the rumors of the switch pro. Um, I, I, you know, obviously Nintendo hasn't called it a pro or said anything official yet, but that's just the easiest thing to say. I think, um, so what came out this week, official reports from uh, Bloomberg initially, uh, so and a and few other kind of major, major sites. So this obviously seems very uh, official, even though Nintendo didn't say it per se. And that is that uh, Switch Pro is finally coming. I know, Cal, Dan, I looked back. I think we did an episode in like late 2019 with Bert Jeez. talking about the Switch Pro rumors. You know, it's been a long time we've been talking about this from a rumor standpoint. Um, but it, it looks like, uh, this is going to have, so let me talk about what we know. Um, it's going to upgrade from a led screen to an OLED screen. Um, however, and I'll, I'm going to go on a little rant here in a moment. Uh, uh, it will still be 720p native, um, when in handheld mode, the screen will be seven inches, which is slightly bigger than uh, a normal switch. So a normal switch is 6.2 and a switch light is five and a half. So uh, nice to see a little size increase here as well, at least in my opinion. Um, And they said it will offer 4K support. Now, the word here, support, is very interesting because nobody knows what that means. That could mean anything. Um, There's no CPU or GPU details given here yet. You know, if you know the Switch hardware, it's really running on an old mobile laptop CPU. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what, what kind of comes with this because obviously when you have hardware that that's that narrow in your hands, it heats a factor. And there's a whole lot of other things that come into play with that. So um, that's about all we know right now. Um, What did you guys think kind of when you first heard about this? I mean, Luke, I don't even know, you know, how big into the Switch or Nintendo ecosystem are you? Is it something you're, you know, active in or not really? I think a lot of us have a love-hate relationship with Nintendo. There are times yes. that we're just really into it and times not to. And, and the Switch was, to me, a brilliant revitalization of Nintendo for me because I enjoyed the games on the Wii U. I did not like the Wii U. I really liked the Wii uh, for, for certain experiences. There were some things that just my Xbox and PlayStation couldn't do. So I loved that. But as far as the Switch, I loved my Switch for probably about six to eight months. I just adored it. I loved playing indies on it. I loved playing Breath of the Wild. Mario Kart with my wife was a joy. Uh, 
and since since I put it down, I've really not picked it up again. I tried with Marvel Ultimate Alliance three because I love superhero games and yeah. I enjoyed that briefly. Uh, but even then, it just didn't it or has not captured me. I'm looking over at it right now. I use it to charge my headset for my Xbox. <laughs> um, I use I use the dock for that. I don't even have it hooked up to my you know brilliant TV that I use for for PlayStation and Xbox gaming. I, I purchased the Mario collection. Haven't touched it. I purchased my favorite Mario game, which is 3D World. Haven't touched what? it. Can I we love stop it. for a second? Sure. Wait, hold on. Say that one more time. How is that your favorite Mario? Have you played other Mario games? Absolutely. Yeah, man. I love <laughs> a lot of Mario games, but 3D, 3D World. 3D World out of all the Mario games since we've been a kid is your favorite one. Favorite and best are not the same, no. and I often go on that. That okay, all right, that, that's that fair. Divergence, you, you, right? You're, you're helping a little bit because the um, the Boo Luke movement was about yeah, to start I, real fast. I was fast. about to DM Joe real quick. So <laughs> like, pop on As here. a longtime fan of Anthem, bring it, boys. I'm ready. All right, I can fight anybody at this point. I mean, Super Mario World, man. Come on. I was Mario three. I was Mario well, three. Hey, still better than 3D World. I I and I so I should clarify. I think a lot of Mario games are great and a lot are just okay. Right. Yeah. And, well, there's so many of them too. Right. And I think yeah. a lot of times when it comes to games like that, where they have such a long standing tradition, the difference between uh, your, your, your favorites is so minuscule and minute. I mean, there's Mario three, three uh, Mario, super Mario world, 3d world. There's, I really liked new super Mario brothers. The first one when it was on mm. the DS, yeah, yeah, so that was a, wonderful experience uh and then you get into the 2d and 3d debates and there was something special about 3d world when it hit on that wii u gamepad that i just really liked a lot Um, it just felt good and i had a good old time and i like the vibe that it brings odyssey disappointed me a bit if i'm being frank Mm. it was very well made and very well done uh but but like a lot of things if it doesn't hit you at the right time or whatever the games are in the ecosystem uh that you're you're part of at the time if they others are clicking with you you tend to put one to the side and that's what's happened with the switch and nintendo for me and i felt like and still feel like uh much to my timeline's chagrin i I feel like nintendo has really let down its fans quite a bit uh in this switch generation in terms of technology and advancing their own mediums and then i caveat all of that with they're not making games for me they have brought the best games from their forgotten system the wii u for that's fantastic well-deserving of praise. Um, when I look on paper, I'm really disappointed by this 720p idea, idea. And then a much smarter person educated me on pixel density and the size of the screen and what that matters. Oh, don't listen to them. But I couldn't care less. That's kind of the bigger point is <laughs> there, Nintendo is not giving me what I want. Metroid, Star Fox, newer, cooler experiences, bringing the games yeah. that I need. Or and advancing their technology. The rest of the kind of ecosystem, as you said. Yeah. Right cloud saves, party systems, achievement like things which they could have done with the stickers on the DS and they don't even someone mentioned the other day which I hadn't thought about the switch is out four years now actually it was four years like this week or something or coming up Mm -hmm. um you still remember before launch they talked about app support because YouTube took like a year to get on the switch Mm -hmm. there's still no Netflix right four years later now do we need Netflix on another device no no but it's it's the matter Yeah, exactly. They, they seem to leave us out. And how strange is it, guys, that Nintendo, with the greatest legacy in gaming, uh, is being chased by Sony very comfortably in terms of legacy catalog. Fair. 
neither of them are doing the best at preserving old games, backward compatibility, <laughs> forward compatibility. Xbox is doing that. Yeah. And that to me does a lot of disservice. And the oddest part to me is that I think a lot of people, Nintendo fans is, is the, the umbrella we put them under. But of course I purchased some of these games myself and I include myself. We forgive them for so many things that we would never allow Sony and, and yep. Microsoft. to 100%. And uh, I, I've taken this topic to the nth degree. And I apologize, but it just, Nintendo really love hate relationship. It really frustrates me in how they are handled and treated by gamers and how they treat and handle gamers. Yeah. In fact, I, uh, I can't agree more. And I know Dan and I talk about Nintendo somehow every week, even though there's not a lot to talk about often. Um, but I wrote an article, a year, I don't know, a year and a half ago or something. And my, the title really was it's time to stop making excuses for Nintendo. Um, and I really believe it is they're, they're, they're making, their revenue last year, I'm going off a of memory here, I may get this wrong, guys, but something like $13 billion, right? Um, and what are you getting from it? I mean, their revenue is up there with Xbox. Now, I know it goes without saying Xbox has Microsoft, so it's a different conversation. The tech's there, the partnerships are there. However, it just doesn't feel like Nintendo reinvests their profits and revenues in the ways they should to support their fans. The fact that we get these crappy re-releases over and over again for full price or that their first party games never get discounted years later is just shocking to me and the the whole online and um you know just connectivity with your friends on the switch is an absolute joke i and can't I have, a device okay. in 2021 that's worse i agreed and i would argue uh and say very clearly i love these releases but dan's laughing i'm like name a device that in now in 2020 name a device that has less functionality than a switch a soldier boy console <laughs> <laughs> that's about all i got though it's it's just like an iphone today. 3. i would, I would love these re-releases if they weren't at the expense of new games that too they, they, but where's metroid prime 4. yeah where's that like where's the next mario where's the next uh, game in the Star Fox series. Where's the, the Mario Kart that everyone continues to buy is a mm -hmm. Wii U game. Right. Right. You know and I mean? that frustrates me just so much because those fans deserve better. And then maybe we're all chumps because we say this all the time and they're making buku money. And it's like, well, they're making new fans. They're not talking to us. That Mario Kart game that looked so dumb, but so cool. And I would have played oh, it for about yeah, six yeah. minutes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have looked really cool for about a weekend. The AR one. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're doing that, and they're doing Labo. I don't get it, guys. Hey, man, they Nintendo, we, we joke about it all the time. The, they can, you know what? What's the phrase from uh, Tommy Boy where he's like, I could, you know, I can sell a ketchup, a ketchup popsicle to a guy wearing white gloves or something like that. Like, that's Nintendo. Like, they literally found a way to sell cardboard for eighty dollars, mm -hmm. and people bought it up. Um, yeah. It's just—it's crazy to me. Um, and, and you know, we sound really harsh right now. I realize. Understand that Nintendo literally built the foundation of my gaming love. So uh, yeah. the respect uh, for Nintendo will never go away for me as a as what they've done for the gaming industry. I mean, it would not be here in the same way if it weren't for Nintendo. Period. Nobody, nobody can debate that. Um, but it's just, it's so weird to me. And that going back to, sorry, Dan, I know you haven't touched You're on the, the switch pro. Let's bring it back to switch pro and not Nintendo. Um, going back to the 720 P screen <laughs> real quick. 
so I had this debate and I, I saw the, trust me, I, I, I'm into this stuff. So I know all about pixel density and how far away from your face it is and all this nonsense. Um, it's very simple. It would cost them next to nothing. I mean, next to nothing to at least make it 1080p because 1080p at this point in time is old tech. Um, anything nowadays is 1440p or 4K. And so uh, what came out of a report uh, that came out, and I forget where it was, but I was talking with some of the guys about it who are in chat, actually, is that it seems like what Nintendo has done, because if you're not aware, Nintendo makes money on their hardware. They're not like PlayStation or Microsoft where they're willing to take a loss on hardware. Um, <clears throat> is that uh, Samsung, is it Samsung? Yep. I believe Samsung. It's gotten, if you look at the curve of their cost for making OLED screens in early 2020, it took a nosedive. So the cost to manufacture this now is next to nothing. I mean, super, super cheap. And Samsung was sitting, as, a, as the report states, sitting on excess supply of this, what they call rigid OLED, which is older OLED technology. It's not a, it's not the OLED that's on like the fabric. You can basically roll it up and take it with you. This is rigid OLED. And so I bring all that up to say, don't fall for the pixel density. It's going to be a foot and a half from your face. That's bull crap. The, the honest to goodness reason why Nintendo's doing this is cost. That's all it is. Um, you, you know, you have phones and phones are far more expensive, especially high end ones. But I mean, we've got 120 Hertz, 1440 P, you know, liquid OLED or, uh, uh, AMOLED, uh, screens on phones now. And it's just, you know, to go 720p for a device that was supposedly, think about it, right? It's going to take you to what? 2024? Gross. Yeah. I, I told guys the other day, I said, okay, people argue in 720p. Show me somewhere right now where someone's selling a 720p device. So follow-up question to all of that, because I don't have a good answer for you. And it's not my realm to try and speak on the technology aspect. Will gamers or nintendo fans specifically care no no that that's my point is nintendo mm -hmm. knows they can do this they're going to mm -hmm. save money by doing it it mm -hmm. goes back to what we were saying they're not advancing right mm -hmm. they know what they can get away with they're highlighting profit margin rather than fan service which mm -hmm. let's be honest most companies do um if we're fair but at the end of the day, it's just it's just kind of ridiculous. I see uh, Darren. What's going on, buddy? He says uh, battery life. So battery life is said to be improved because OLED uses a whole lot less power than, say, LED screens or something. But that's not going to – the difference in battery life or power consumption between a 720p 7-inch screen and 1080p is minuscule. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's definitely not it. So, Sorry, so it's simply a, a cost thing, and that's what has us up in arms uh, or frustrated with as older consumers who are tech-driven or at the very least want the best visual experiences. Am, am I correct in articulating yeah, I mean, that? It, again, it's not going to be a night and day difference, right? But you will notice. For people saying you won't notice that it's 720p instead of 10. Yes, you will. You mm -hmm. absolutely will. If it was 1080p, trust me, you would notice. Otherwise, you know, I mean, that's when you get a new phone screen, believe me, you notice if that resolution is different, it may not be huge. There will be a difference. I'm often asked why I chose the ecosystem I chose or, or why I, I'm playing on the system I'm playing with. And I launched into the PS4 Xbox one gen with PS4. That was where I went initially. Yep. That was where I wanted to be. And it was only partway through the, the generation that I decided to make the switch because I saw that Microsoft was, just as Sony was at the beginning, 
Microsoft was valuing the customer more partway through. They also needed the customer more, and I'm not, you know, I'm not naive to that fact, but they simply valued us as customers more. They, I got more for my dollar as a Microsoft customer, uh, as a primary Microsoft customer. And I feel like currently it stands that Microsoft does value uh, the customer more. My dollar goes further with Microsoft, then Sony, and then Nintendo at a very far distant third. Bottom, yeah. Third, yeah. yeah. I don't feel like they take care of their customers and gamers in the same way. Yeah. I also feel like that's driven by need. They don't need to. So, you know? th yeah, and Dan, I'm sorry. We got a lot of, let me get to some of these comments real quick. Uh, Kay Asante's very good point. What's up, man? He says, uh, all they are doing is benefiting from Tegra X1 optimization over the years from NVIDIA Shield Fair. Same chip, better optimization, so it can hit 4K without overheating. Then they add the old OLED. Yep, it's fair. So it's it's waiting for that to come down to basically meet them, right? It's waiting for that tech to come down to meet them. So you just touched on something. I know uh, Dan and I have talked about this, and Elu and I have talked offline. Where is it, Dan? Oh, so this is a point I want to highlight because this is true. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely true. Nintendo focuses on software. But what all of us agree or seem to agree on, regardless of what you think of Nintendo, is that they know that their core fans and fan base are going to buy it, period, mm -hmm. right? So my point is, People like us right now who are kind of almost disgruntled, maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're going to buy it over and over again, uh, your core fans. So if it doesn't, if the 1080p doesn't matter to them, the core fans, and they're going to buy it anyway, that's fair, right? Mm -hmm. What we're saying is if they spend an extra couple dollars per unit, whatever it is, I, I'm guessing, right? But whatever it is, you would then not always, not only get all that fan base you're going to get no matter what the hell you do, because there's tons mm -hmm. of them for Nintendo you would start to recapture people like us. If you came out and said, this is a 1080p OLED screen and it's going to support 4K and hey, we're doing this to Nintendo Online. We're adding, you know, party system, all these things we've touched on. Now you have my interest again. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have reached the point where I'm not buying much on the Switch. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I bought Bowser's Fury with 3D World because uh, of really of Bowser's Fury I wanted to try. Um, but there's been a lot of other re-releases. I didn't buy the Mario 3D collection. You, you got to be kidding me. I'm not paying $60 for that. Um, you know, and I own those games probably six times over already. So, you know, I think if to Luke's point, yes, it's about software. But if if the people are going to the people who love Nintendo are going to buy it anyway, why not invest the small amount to capture the rest of the audience you're missing out on? That mm -hmm. would be my argument. Why Dan, would they have to, though? No, they that, don't that, have to do that, anything. That, that's what I mean. Like, like I'm. We, we talked about this last week a little bit, you know, as far as like how these companies, you know, have all this information, right? Yes. So maybe it's two or three bucks. Maybe it's 10 bucks a unit. Maybe it's this, you know, you spend that. Do you recoup that money? Of course. You know, that's and 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 I would say I have no idea. They know, you know. So, yeah. Would I like to have seen 1080p? Sure. Do I play my Switch in handheld mostly? No, I usually play it on my big screen. You yeah, know, so yeah. I, I, you know, I don't play a lot in handheld. Like in, in fact, especially you know, I haven't, I just haven't been playing the Switch a whole lot. This is really what it comes down to. But when I did, you know, it'd be, you know, a few hours here on the TV, and then I take it downstairs maybe for an hour. So it had, you know, it was it was handy in that, you know. But I, my eyes are so bad that. It didn't really matter at you know at that point. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, the, the biggest thing with me is, is, is if you're going to do this, like what else is going to change? You know, how are they going to do this, you know, 4k thing? You know, is it, is it, it's going to have a bigger base, you know, is it going to have a new dock? Is it going to have, you know, why don't, why don't you focus on fixing the Joy-Con drift issue? Right. You know, there, there's so many other things that we can, you know, all that stuff needs to happen at one time, as opposed to, oh, we're just going to make a little bit prettier screen and we're going to make it a better resolution on your TV if you've got 4K. You know, so I, Nintendo, Nintendo's their thing. They do their whatever they, you know, want to do. I don't even know. Will I buy it? Probably. Because it's, never it's a thing. we know you're buying it, right? And 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 do I think Metroid will will eventually come? You know, like Monster Hunter is coming. You know, there's a few other games that I've seen that you know look like I'm probably going to buy them on day one. And I hope. I mean, I when when is this supposed to go into production? Like June, July? This they said something? late 2021. Oh, okay, so way later. Yeah, That's I when it's coming out, or well, no, they said one million units. Uh, for late 2021, but remember, it's the same conversation we're having with Series X, PS5, right? There's an awful lot of overlapping need right now for components sure. that put these devices together, which is why I think they said 1 million units instead of something like 4 million, right? Yeah, 1 million units is not, is not that I get one of these on release date. No. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be insane. No. And, 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 and then for probably years to come, and it's probably going to be, you know, I would guess it would be more expensive because that's what Nintendo does. You know, this is probably not going to actually cost them that much more in the long run because it's really not that huge of an upgrade right off the bat. This is technology that, you know, existed when the Switch came out, I'm guessing. You know, they, they could have made this whenever it initially launched. Just like this, it would have cost more, obviously. But now that price, I'm guessing, is, you know, probably what they're paying now, you know, like, like the, 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 the manufacturing cost, you know, has gone down. It has to have, I mean, I, I, that's just how it works. I think, you know, so either they're going to be doing it for the same amount of money or they're going to be doing it for less. So they're actually going to be making more money on this one, assuming they sell it for another hundred dollars or something. They sell it for, yeah, I could see three forty nine, and then a switch to two forty nine, like to one ninety nine. you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, they're they're not, you know, they know what they're doing. Of course they they're, do. you know, and they they they're, they're they they all these new, you know, people, you know, that that get into it because it's a very it, it's a kid friendly system. It's it's a family friendly system. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where it's you know, everybody knows Mario, everybody knows Smash Brothers, you know, and everybody likes to race on Mario Kart. You know, that that's that's what they have. They, they've got just all that recognition. They've been in the game forever. So it, it's, you know, we can sit here and we, we do, we, we, we try to break it down and try to figure out what the hell they're doing, you know, but our tastes, you know, the one percenters that I call us, you know, we have very specific, you know, we want the best quality. We want it's a one percenter, one percenter, you know, we want the high quality <laughs> stuff. We want AAA big games. We want, you know, good stories and incredible graphics and these amazing mechanical systems and stuff and nintendo will put out a game that is supported over from you know the super famicom or something that's you know oh it's never been here in the u.s or something you know and, and charge you 60 bucks for it and we'll buy it you know it's it's, it's that stopped. kind of thing I've stopped. yeah i haven't there's such a 
healthy amount of bullshit history that we could go back and look at. And I had the unfortunate experience to work at GameStop like many. Uh, but you see the DS. Then you see the the DS Lite. Great upgrade. But then you get the DSi. And then the 3DS. The, 3D, uh, the new 3DS XL. And how many times do we have examples of Nintendo creating uh, hardware that is so minusculely updated with such a small amount of, of boost and then it's not even taken advantage of. How many games put the new 3DS to use? Truly, yeah. almost none. It was, it was remarkable. And they were able to bring in more fans because it does have new. It is the new shiny, uh, whether it's someone like Dan or it's a kid that's saying, I want the, the 3DS in the store. The person at the store sells the mom or dad on the new piece of hardware that's barely upgraded. But we don't know if this Switch Pro, whatever it may be, is going to actually take advantage of anything. Uh, or really be put to use by any of the games. And I would argue that it's pretty unlikely for all the technological reasons we've just said. It's so lackluster. But moreover, if I were to be brought in by something that's new and shiny technology-wise, what games am I going to play that I can't play right now? You know, this, exactly. this is like, are you giving me a Star Fox that I actually want? Are you making me a Metroid game? Are you really upscaling your Metroid collection? Because I played Metroid Prime Trilogy when it was on the... Wii U, Wii, whatever, wherever they put it. And <laughs> I it, think was, it, it just, it was the same game. It was yeah. the same GameCube game. There was no real up res, no anything. And while you're getting free masters from Xbox and revitalized versions, enhanced editions during this blended generation from the HD twins, as they're called, uh, it just is remarkable to, to me that I would even, as a consumer, consider giving Nintendo more money right now for such minuscule upgrades and so many lackluster experiences by yeah. comparison. Yeah. Um, wow. We, we've talked about this far longer than I thought we would, which is good. Um, good conversation. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the person uh, post a video of playing Metroid prime in 4k on the series X uh, no. the other day, because you know, they have that dev mode in the series X, which has, you know, emulation capabilities. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like, shit, that's the, the best switch game I've seen so far. <laughs> Um, there's a couple things I want to shout out. So yes, Halo Tournament ongoing right now from our uh, friends over at GBTB. We are playing later today. Sham is here from Midweek Mixup. They beat GBTB in the first round, six to one. Clowned Oof. them. Nice job, Sham. Nice job, Dutch. Nice job, crew. Good work. Good work. Just know that um, if uh, you make it to us, that's not going to happen. Oof. <laughs> uh, and by someone us, he means himself. And no, no, in all people. seriousness, I, I've been playing the old Halo games again this week. Um, my skills apparently were left in prior decades because uh, I've been getting my ass handed to me, and it's frustrating. Dude, uh -oh. as long as it's back when when Infinite times, we're going to roll big. Oh, yeah, Infinite I'll be okay on. Um, but, man, going back and playing some of the people who hardcore never left Halo, you know, mm -hmm. the old Halos, trying to play against them now, I'm getting wrecked. So, yeah. anyway. Um, I think Elo, someone mentioned about who makes the most money or revenue in the industry. And uh, I know people think Nintendo's up there. Uh, PlayStation makes the most revenue far and away. Um, it's actually not even that close. So PlayStation made over 20 billion in revenue in 2020, which is the first time any gaming company has topped 20 billion. Um, and if I recall, um, Xbox was uh, 12, 13 billion. And Nint Nintendo and Xbox are actually pretty close. They're right in the same ballpark, but PlayStation's a good like 40% higher. So um, 
PlayStation's just got that global brand, man. Uh, nope, not that. I'm just checking everything else. Pompa in the house with a $5 super chat. Poor Mo has to settle with using his Xbox dev mode to play Nintendo games the way he wants. Come on, Nintendo. Uh, thank you as always, Pompa. Appreciate it. Appreciate the super chat, brother. And, uh, well, Z Black's in the house as well. Happy Saturday, everyone. Z Black, good to see you, man. Thanks for coming out. All right. Uh, we'll move on from the Switch Pro. Let's talk about aliens, man. Yeah. Talk about aliens. So, this came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. So, Aliens Fire Team, uh, a new co op officially licensed game made with Fox Interactive from a, a studio called Cold Iron. Yeah, Cold Iron Studios. I had to check the notes. Uh, they were founded in 2015, so uh, over five years ago now, um, by three leaders from the gaming industry that had worked at other development studios. Uh, they're a team of about 40 people, I believe I read when I looked them up. Um, this game is coming later this year, so 2021. Um, it's got a it's four-player co-op. It's got five classes, over 30 weapons with uh, modification capabilities, and then 20-plus enemies with 11 xenomorphs they said uh and if you watch the trailer for it they tease the queen at the end um i thought what was interesting is ign uh had the first their kind of you know uh i guess partnership to to have some coverage on this and uh, they showed like 20 minutes of gameplay and you know knowing that we hadn't seen it we're so jaded by bad aliens games and then knowing that this is an unproven studio uh i had a lot of reservations despite my excitement but Watching that gameplay, guys, um, it it looks damn good. It sounds good. It looks good. It looks like it's a lot of going to be a lot of fun. Um, what you guys think? Yeah, I man, I'm I'm down for it. I loved. I mean, I can't remember what it was like. Colonial Marine. It was way back in the. It's like maybe it was AVP. AVP Dude. Jaguar is the game everyone always goes to as a great game, and it was a great game. But Jesus, how long was that ago? Twenty five years, like. No, it was, I played it on PC. I can't remember. There is was. there was an Alien vs. Predator game on PC, which was really good, too. Yeah, I think that was it, where you can play as a, either any of the yeah. three. Okay. Yeah, I've been playing that this as this past week. I've been playing that on Xbox. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know it was on Xbox. I didn't even know it was on Xbox, either. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Well, no, that was a good game. But, yeah, this is, you know, it's a great IP. You know, if done right, it, it could be, you know, really, really good. You know, and, and and but if you know, we, we've seen the the results of what a lot of these studios have done with them. So it, it it's not not getting my hopes up too high, but yeah. it does look really awesome. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, four K, uh, four K, four player co op is uh, you know always a good time in games like these too. Yeah. I'm thrilled by the news of this game. I have been on an aliens kick uh, lately. <laughs> this game got me thinking about aliens more. Uh, the Fortnite crossover was very well timed with that as well. They put the Xenomorph and Ripley in there. And so in the last week and a half, I bought all the aliens movies, which I've seen, but I, it's been a long time since I've watched them start to finish. So I watched the first uh, alien uh, start to finish the other day. That is just a masterpiece of a movie. I'm halfway through aliens two right now. I really have uh, been enjoying kind of going down this historical spectrum. I've been playing that AVP game that Dan was talking about. It's back compat. Uh, it's an Xbox 360 title. It was also on PC. It came out in 2010. And I really liked that game a lot when it came out. It was like the perfect blockbuster rental. 
uh, back in the day. <laughs> I loved it, and I still love it. I'm finding it's very generic in a couple ways to play as the Marine. Um, yeah. It's not a pretty game, but there's a really cool set of experiences you get as the Predator and as the Alien, and it really did that that game justice. I know a lot of people talk about the Jaguar game. I've watched a video of that. There's a really cool side-scrolling beat-em-up that existed uh, that was really cool. There's a lot to celebrate in the Aliens gaming uh, area. I even Ains, and you'll you'll probably laugh at me. Always. I eBayed I eBayed Colonial Marines because uh, I'd never really played it for more than five minutes. I just just to try it, I want to find it because it was like five bucks. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pop much. it in, probably. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm going to have to pop it in my 360 because it's not back compat. But one of oh. a, a cool, cool bit of history here is that there was a misspelling in the code for that game. Uh, a developer misspelled tether in one of the cases and that threw off the alien behavior in, entirely because the aliens would not tether to the player and chase them and, and flank them properly, which is par for the course for a Randy Pitchford farmed out title. Uh, that, that schmuck. But nonetheless, I'm curious because there's such a cool bit of history to have with the aliens franchise in, in terms of media. The idea of AVP is really cool. The idea of xenomorphs is really cool. And the gameplay for this new aliens fire team looks dope. And when done right, co-op shooters are so much fun. Yeah. And I can see myself and my, my crew that I game with in Fortnite and sea of thieves and whatnot. Um, God, Mr. Babbitt's on that team. That's the worst. Yeah. But, that's all right. We'll, we'll find a replacement. Yeah. He's I mean, He's out of the group, um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to, to being in this world. And uh, I think it's, I, I Someone might need to correct me. My understanding is it's a $40, $40 $50 game, not $60, 70 I didn't see a price. and Someone can correct me. I didn't see a price on it. So maybe that's hearsay, and I don't have that, that firsthand. But I like the Aliens universe. I like when people play around with it. And I'm encouraged by what I see so far. Uh, and, and a chance to celebrate that franchise is exciting. I like going into and experiencing worlds. Like when Hitman came out you could play all the hitmans there's something cool about that when you buy the shovel knight games you get all the shovel knight games you know like in treasure trove there's i like when you can go into a deep dive on something and that's where i'm at with alien right now it's just exploring that world even more nice yeah i think uh to your point about co-op shooters too and i saw jordan in the chat said i want a good horde shooter which it looks like this will be but what actually gives them uh legs in my opinion is um could give this legs, excuse me, is the fact that there are a lot of customization op options, it looks like. So you have five classes, you know, you have over 30 weapons, 70 ways to mod those weapons. So it's not like you're just going into your point every game and it's like there's four Marines, you mm -hmm. know, that have the same weaponry, just fighting over and over again, the same stuff. It seems like there's gonna be kind of mission structure, a lot of customization, ways to work with your teammates and, you know, setting up classes. So. It does. It does sound a lot, at least, as like a, almost like a Gears Five Horde mode as a standalone Aliens title. Which it, bring it on, bring it on. And it, but it is contending with an HR bomber pointed this out in chat, uh, as did a few other kind of elements of this. It's coming out around the time Back for Blood is coming out, which to me is a little nerve wracking and concerning because who doesn't want to play Back for Blood when you know the team's history and the fact that they've worked on Left for Dead? I think the world is cooler to be in the alien universe, but there's a proven set of gameplay uh, elements that, that come with the back for blood title. And yeah. I'm wondering if they don't cannibalize one cannibalize the other um, in terms of gameplay audience. And to your point, the pedigree there is known. Um, mm -hmm. So, 
But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, as always, play them both. Play all yeah. of them. Oh yeah. So uh, interesting. Elu brings up. Am I only the one that would like a new Evolve? Um, Evolve was not a bad game. Um, it's just that 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 four v one just did not take off. Other games mm-hmm. tried it, it just kind of died. And and the problem with it was, in my opinion anyway, is that um, the 4v1 games, you really needed a good team of four, and then you needed someone who really knew what they were doing is the one. Um, mm-hmm. And just in random matchmaking, it never worked out. I, I own that game, tried to play it with friends, and it just it was never good. It was either the team won right away or the monster won and was in, invincible. It was very rare to get a good balanced fight. Um, it's just tough. That's the difficulty with modern multiplayer gaming is that if you want the more complex co-op experiences you want, the more time and people you have to coordinate to do that. That's why raids are what they are raids versus you know, destiny structure and outrider structure of having these three player missions, strikes and whatnot. They just work better in terms of scheduling in this modern world with your buddies, trying to get four and five people together is is not easy to do oftentimes with a lot of people's schedules that where they're distributed around the world time zones all that stuff it's just not an easy thing to do and when you put random matchmaking into any of those games i mean it's a crapshoot like are you going to get the great experience or are you going to get this awful you know no fun timed and and yeah especially when it's competitive right because like you mm -hmm. mentioned destiny and stuff and division two does it extremely well is um, you can play that game solo. You can match make anything almost at any time at any difficulty level, but you have a common goal. The common goal is the theme, right? It like it benefits everyone, even if you don't know each other, to go through the mission, kill everyone, get the loot, you know, be quick, whatever your objective is. Whereas in this, it was a competitive matchmaking where you needed to coordinate with people you couldn't really coordinate with, and you needed to fight against someone who knew what they were doing but probably didn't. Um, yeah, and it just it that's what kind of broke it around. So, yeah, man, but we'll see what comes of this. I mean, we got the gameplay. We got the, the feature set. Um, obviously, they're probably in that polishing up phase now. I hope they do like a beta or something for it to allow people to try this early and kind of give some feedback. Uh, I do still have concerns um, being a, a new development studio about what this is going to deliver. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Can I jump one last point on there, Ains? Of course. You said about a beta. I'm all about this demo aspect where progress carries over if it's if it's possible. The Outriders way, out, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Outriders is nailing that. I yeah. rolled a new character this morning. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Outriders, which I know you guys have talked about in different episodes. But when you have a co-op shooter or something like that where you're going to be building on uh, on a character type class, if there's a way to let progress carry over, I want that. Because otherwise, I have no interest in betas. I think we talked about that when I was last on about Halo Infinite. Betas don't thrill me, but when I have progress that's not lost and not going to be gone to time, I'm I'm far more likely to invest my time in it. Because otherwise, there are so many other experiences to be had. So... That that is just my thought when I hear the word beta. Now I'm like, no, give me that demo, give or give me something where progress carries, and I'm rewarded with more than a skin or a a plate nameplate. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do for Infinite in that regard. Uh, I knew you brought up Outriders, so I knew Bomber would uh, the the Bomber (laughs) signal, Bomber signal was shown into the sky there. (laughs) Um, Real quick, I forgot to mention it. This beautiful SG plate here behind me that'll be a, a mainstay going forward uh, i know diego was in the chat um don't know if he still is but uh, i had diego 
custom make uh, kind of modify the SG logo. And then this is actually from our merch store. Um, it's a, like a custom aluminum print that then has a gloss layer on it. And it's super, super nice. So trying to figure out, I wanted to shout out Diego for thanks with that, but also uh, figure out how we can, uh, what do you call it? Um, get some things like that with some of our other designs. I know people just don't want an SG logo hanging in their house like me, but uh, some of the other cooler designs we have um, on stuff like that, that you can hang up. Cause it's really neat. So forgot to mention it. All right. Let's talk Xbox and Bethesda quickly. Um, I know this is a big topic this week because as of yesterday, uh, it looks like, uh, you know, finalization of this kind of major acquisition is is coming to uh, coming to a head. So I know that um, <clears throat> people are really wondering what is going to happen here. And I know Jeff Grubbs commented on this. A bunch of the people uh, kind of around the industry have commented on this. And it sounds like what we're going to get is an event in the coming weeks Um which is going to kind of announce this partnership and what Xbox and Bethesda are going to be working on in the future for obviously probably the next couple of years. Um, we'll probably get a look at uh, new IP, probably Starfield's obviously been the prevailing rumor here of that game coming out sometime in the near future. Um, but I just want to ask you guys, just so we could touch on it, right? We want to call out this is happening. Obviously either there should be an event soon because we haven't heard anything from Xbox in a while. Um, but um, what what do you, if you kind of had your druthers, as they say, what do you want to see here? Um, are you hoping that Bethesda really just kind of continues to polish the, the franchises they have, like uh, Wolfenstein, like Doom, and they, you know, they make those, those next iterations with Xbox in mind, obviously? Um, or are you hoping they really kind of just go a little further out with better funding and, and engine development and resources and really kind of experiment with newer things, and they kind of put some of those no fr known franchises, like Doom, the Wolfenstein's, etc., on the back burner for a little while. What do you What do you hope to see over the next couple of weeks? I'd just as well see them do both. I mean, not at all. Yeah, just give me everything. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we got to pick. You know, Microsoft has trillions of dollars, like everybody says. So just do everything you want to do. You know, no, I, honestly, I want to see Prey Two. That's what I want to see. I, everything now else. Yeah, that's it. That's literally it. Like, I don't even care about everything else. I don't care where they land. I don't care where they're exclusive. I just want to pray to. That's it. You know, if you can't do that, then this whole seven point five billion is a waste of money. Seven and a half million for pray to. That's all yeah, I want. It's all I need. I'm a simple, simple man. You know. So hey, here's the thing. You know, I mean, we. we I don't know what the event's going to be. I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't really care as far as like, you know, what's going to happen with like, you know, where the titles are going to land because, you know, yeah, we I don't have to get it. Yeah. We were, yeah. Whatever's going to happen. Either I get it for, you know, included on game pass or that's it. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, people that have like both of these consoles that are out here arguing about where these things are going to land are idiots, you know, because it doesn't matter, you know, in the end, it does not matter. You know, if, if you if you really have a PlayStation Five, and you have the Series X, and you have Game Pass, right? And you're over here arguing that it's going to be exclusive to Xbox. Shut up, because it doesn't matter. Because you're going to get it where you're going to get it. You're going to get it on Xbox Game Pass. So that like the whole argument doesn't even make sense to me. I want to see Prey Two. I want to see a Fallout game like a New Vegas Two. 
going that's back, not going back to the hell. narrative. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I want to see. If this money is going to do anything, I want it to improve what they release on day one. I don't want, you know, like I want more quality at control. You know, I just do something. I don't want to get into a game like Skyrim and Fallout and stuff like that and and have just bugs on bugs on bugs. I know it's, you know, they're they're very big games. They're very, you know, excuse me, and you're going to get that kind of stuff in every game, right? But they, you know, I, I don't think they were like hurting for resources prior to this, you know, Bethesda, but now they have more. So they should be able to, you know, get some quality assurance people in there that know what they're doing. <laughs> you know? And, and, you know, I, I, that's, that's, that's what I want. I want games that come out release. I can deal with some bugs. I just don't want to deal with, you know, every mission. There's something new, you know, when you play like a fallout, like fallout four, what a fucking disaster that was, you know, or, or even Skyrim when it first came out, God, man, it's, it's, it's that kind of stuff frustrates the hell out of me. So, I couldn't tell. Yeah, I it's just, it's just it's stupid, <laughs> you know. But you know, and, and we we like I said before, you know, we we accept this mediocrity, and so they continue to give us mediocrity. You know, if I don't punish my son for doing something he shouldn't be doing, you know, he's going to do it again, right? <laughs> so call these sons of bitches out and say, hey, that wasn't good enough. You know, do better next time. You know, I mean, and and I'll be sorry. Be better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, and I, I appreciate all the work they do. I know they do a lot of work. I know it's maybe not that simple, right? But I'm a paying customer. And if, you know, I'm not going to continue to pay for this garbage if you're going to just continue to release garbage. That's my biggest thing with this whole thing. Now that you have the funds, show me what you can do with them. You know, I, I mean, the, people are going to act like this is going to change the industry. I don't think it's going to really change shit. You know, because Bethesda is what they are. You know, I love Wolfenstein. And in fact, you know, those, those, what Zenimax has done, Dishonored games were amazing by Arcane. You know, uh, Prey, like I've talked about for the last 10 minutes, you know, Wolfenstein, great games, you know, make them better. That's what you're supposed to do. Come out with some new IPs. I don't care what you do, just give me Plus, some good games. Starfield is the first new IP from Todd Howard's kind of core team for a very, yeah. very long time. Let's see what it is, man. Yeah, you know, I don't want to have to, you know, be like floating in space, and then all of a sudden, my my whole character flies through a space station and clips all the way to down to the <laughs> center of the Earth. You know, that that's the kind of stuff I don't want to see. Yeah. You know, I want to see a good game. Yeah. You know, that's it. One, give me one. That's I love not- Skyrim even the bugs. What's up, Kevin? I'm about to play Skyrim again on Series X 60 FPS. Yeah, I know a lot. I loved, of- I loved it. I actually loaded it back on. I played that and Fallout 4 just to see what you know because they had those mods. I think mod too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. they look great. You know, I mean, well, you know, for being 80 year old games. Yeah, I mean, those are 360. Well, right. uh, Skyrim is. Yeah. Bomber, I want to do them a massive Game Pass release that puts the whole Zenimax library slapped onto it. Of course, minus the new time to. <laughs> that aren't on xbox yet yeah and i think we'll get that right we saw that with other things where uh the studios you know when their titles just get thrown on game pass we're gonna we're gonna definitely see that i think that's the best thing about it right like if you if you're if you're invested into game pass all these games are going to come with it you know now let's say starfield comes out on it i don't i still don't believe that it's going to be a one game is going to move you know a service like that it always has to be more than one you know, and it has to be, you know, I think in three or four years, like, 
you, you can sit here and debate the value of Game Pass. I know it's subjective, but in three or four years, I'm not sure you're going to be able to have that debate. You know what yeah, I mean? We've like when, yeah, when, once it comes out there and it and you've got, you know, Skyrim, Fable, Forza, Gears, you know, the new Starfield, the Fallout, New Vegas 2, please, and a Prey 2. Like then there's no debate. You, know, you, you can't, I don't even want to hear it from anybody. It's going to be awesome. You know, that that's that's what the day I'm waiting for. You know, I don't care what they announce. You know, just say, hey, we bought them. Here's a couple things that we're working on. Here's maybe a, you know, 30 minute or 30 second gameplay with some Starfield. Enjoy it. You know, I mean, <laughs> they literally can do that because it doesn't really matter in the end. Just give it to me. Give it to me. Give me what I paid for. That's what I'm waiting for from this whole thing. Luke, I know uh, you right. have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> I do, so. but I, d- I truly don't know where to start. So guide me, because because Dan covered a lot of topics in that. <laughs> Dan, Dan's so, jumping all over. Damn, I wrote notes because I was like, yeah. all right, I got I got to counter and talk all about right. these points. So, so you- let's talk about let's talk about the ex- let's start with the event. Okay. So uh, you know, assuming uh, mm-hmm. it looks like this has gone through, say an event comes late March, and they they come out in kind of a partnership way mm-hmm. to welcome them to the family. And mm-hmm. to say, here's what you can expect over the next X, right? Number of months, year, whatever. What do you want to see from that? So I do think they are due for some sort of conversation with their fans regarding this deal. And this is a different thing than what Aaron Greenberg put to put to rest and calmed expectations on as far as Elden Ring and, and bigger world premiere events. This would be a conversation about Bethesda specifically yep. and letting fans know uh, what it is they're th- going to see going forward and why Microsoft purchased Bethesda. There has to be a reason why they did it. Now, the obvious answer to that, of course, would be they did it in order to help flesh out this Game Pass idea and, and strengthen their brand for years to come. Uh, I do think you're going to get an event like that so that they are being uh, communicative. I don't know if that's the appropriate word there, but they are communicating with their fans. And my expectation is that they acknowledge and address the ideas of exclusivity. Case by case is a wonderful thing to say when the acquisition of the company is not yet complete. And it was the right thing to say. Now going forward, they need to put the appropriate expectations going forward because there is nothing worse than a group of uh, paying customers scorned. So, Acknowledging and recognizing what titles are going to go into Game Pass, the Zenimax catalog, of course, uh, will likely be going in there. I think we're all kind of expecting that. In fact, it's why I have not purchased Dishonored because I've never played Dishonored for more than a few minutes, and I'm anxious to. But it's what's what. And I've heard that, and yet Arcane really fell by the wayside in terms of its uh, panache and popularity amongst the majority. So. I would expect that they acknowledge what's going to happen with exclusivity going forward. My expectation is that live service games continue to be multi-platform, uh, things like Fallout 76 and whatnot. Uh, there should be a perk-based system in those games where if you're on Xbox, you're getting elements the same way that PlayStation Plus gives Call of Duty players better things now, right? Yeah. That that needs to exist within Xbox, and they have to uh, get in the mud a little bit and and be willing to get dirty as it were on those types of deals going forward. The entire Zenimax catalog needs to be uh, exclusive. If it's a single player experience or co-op experience, it needs to be exclusive to Microsoft and you need to reward those customers that are investing in that game or that uh, Xbox experience. 
not specifically console or PC, but you need to reward the customers that are, as Dan said, paying customers. The one caveat to that in my mind about paying customers, and Dan, this isn't meant to directly argue your point, is I wonder if we are paying customers in this sense, because are we Game Pass subscribers? Have we purchased, bought Ford three years in? Are we all good through 2023 or whatnot? Are they trying to market to, to you and I? Are they marketing to the newer, the PlayStation gamer that's not in Game Pass? Who are they marketing to? There are 15 million Game Pass subscribers. Are they? Is Bethesda to sell the next 15, the next 20? Uh, the next, you know, are they? Is that the purpose of it? Um, and as far as quality, and Ains, I'm taking your question further, if that's all right, away huh? from just the event. I do think they need to. Maybe not at the event, but at some point they need to speak in and lock on what is different about this Bethesda now that Microsoft is in charge uh, of the bigger umbrella. They have autonomy, sure. Then why did we do it? What What's the point? What benefit is there to the gamer? And R&D and bug fixing and, and QA, all of that needs to be addressed and talked about. Bethesda has good technologies. They had a really cool streaming technology that I don't remember the name of. Yeah. Okay. Is they that helping... I'm sorry, say that again? Yeah, they debuted it in 2019 at E3, and now I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, Same. I know what you're talking about. How, how does that help xCloud? Does X, is xCloud better? All right, what's going to happen with that technology? What are we going to do with uh, these Orion? new IP? Orion. Orion. Yeah. yeah. What What is or what is happening with that now? Uh, do they complement xCloud? Do they work together? Do they Do they not are they completely different things and my amateur mindset doesn't understand it uh and then you know they do need to tease a new ip on some level what's the new id software game what's the new uh machine games element i know they've got something in the works but like what are we doing with some of these smaller studios within those within bethesda what are they working on wolfenstein 3 is not going to sell anybody an xbox doom 3 probably not going to sell a lot of Xboxes, Doom Eternal 2, whatever they're going to call it. Not going to move units. Big fan bases, people excited about it, sure. But Game Pass subscribers are getting that already, most likely. So um, Machine Games is, uh, we know, and I don't know if they're fully dedicated to it, but we know Machine Games is tasked with the Indiana Jones game. Do we see teases of that at this event? I mean, Might be too early. I think it's yeah. too early. And I think a lot of this stuff is early. These are promises for 2025 and beyond, if I had to guess. And... Your Lord. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, so you're, you're, away, I mean, right? it sounds crazy, but if they're starting on an Indiana Jones game now or just sure. started in 2020, we're not seeing that game for years. Oh, no. Right. I and Bethesda, Bethesda cannot, cannot release buggy games because otherwise the narrative written by some Polygon kid or some IGN kid <laughs> is be from the people that published Crackdown 3. <laughs> that's what's, that's what's going to happen. So Microsoft's in a unique conundrum that they've got to have high quality software on everything that's exclusive from here on out in order to combat this no games mentality that is wrong, but still the mentality of the people and perception is everything. So there's yeah. a lot to take away with that. And so I took your, I took your, I like how you said the guy and, and then you just went everywhere anyway. So, but I needed I a starting help. point. The most, <laughs> the most interesting story is how you arrived at the beginning in the first place. <laughs> how you arrived at the beginning. Okay. All right. Lawrence Ooh. Krauss said that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, Lawrence. What Sorry. a guy. Sorry. says, I'm breaking NDA here. Uh, they're making me more Skyrim. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this, Luke. I mean, you said that, you know, 
you need to make those games exclusive. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if they do or not. Sure. As a multi-platform owner, mm-hmm. I mean, how does it make a big difference to you initially mm-hmm. anyway? You know, because you, you've got Game Pass. You're probably mm-hmm. subbed up until 23, 24. Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever it is. Like, like if that if that's what happens, I'm to me as the same kind of consumer, I'm just going, cool, I don't have to pay for this because sure. I'm already set up. You know, when I paid that one dollar back in 2020, 2017, whatever the hell it was, I don't know, it's been so long, you know, I, I forget, but you know, it, to me, it, as long as you are good, like individually, Personally? yeah, mm-hmm. right. It shouldn't matter at the end. You know, I understand like you you can't if you if you're gonna give me like I, I've talked about this before, like if you say okay, Starfield is gonna be released uh only on Game Pass mm-hmm. and it's only gonna be on Xbox and PC, right? Mm-hmm. You've got one new big IP, which is awesome. How many people does that bring over to the sub? Does that give you the sub for one month? Mm-hmm. Or do people sign up for it for, you know, two years or a year sure. worth, you know? And, and, and to me, I mean, I, and I, like I said, I'm not a business guy. I have no idea. Right. And But then you go, well, you do this case-by-case basis, like you said. You say, okay, well, this one we're going to throw over on the PlayStation, mm-hmm. you know, just for this first one. You know, when when does that value, I guess, I mean, because it's all subjective. When does that value become you know, get to that point where it's like, you cannot have, you have to have game pass. Like, right. like game pass is so freaking amazing that it like you, you, you have to have it. I mean, like indispensable, it, indispensable. That's the, you know, that's a good word. You know, I mean, at, at what point does that, you know, become indispensable? 2023. So you think it's that early? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, nice. The, the first part of your question was, why did, or does it matter to me, right? Because right. I am a multi-console owner. Uh, right. The answer is yes, it matters to me uh, because a healthy ecosystem for Xbox is key to everything. And if they cannot publish and produce games that are on par with the incredible Sony slate like God of War, Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, what looks to be Forbidden West, Ragnarok, they Sony has consistently put out top-tier AAA games year over year or nearly year over year i should say and because of that we forget how many studios they've closed we forget about the kill strains and the concrete genies and the dreams that have these promises and they fall short even if they're worthwhile experiences they fall short to mass appeal microsoft cannot have more experiences falling short sea of thieves somehow weathered the storm but it costs a lot of money to get to where it is now they can't have more crackdowns more state of decay 2 style launches even so state of k2 is in a great place now we can't have that early on with them so for me as a consumer i need good exclusives promises of my dollar being worthwhile day one right okay so so in and, that case you know what does it matter where it's at then if you're if you're sucked into game pass i guess and you're there already mm-hmm. right even if you weren't and you saw that you know i i, I kind of get what you're saying you know because i you know Sea of Thieves, like you said, defied the expectations. I love State of Decay too, you yeah. know. Yeah, and, and and maybe not Crackdown Three so much, but you know what? It was all right. It was it was fun to play. But, but people know, aren't playing. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, people, you know, you, you've got to get to the point, I guess, where you're, you, you've got a lot of these big AAA games day and date, right? Sure. Like you've got like, like Doom Eternal. When I heard that was coming, I was like, oh, cool. Realized a week before that I had purchased the damn thing. Right. It was on sale for like 30 bucks. So, and are people going to go buy a console for Doom Eternal? I don't think so. Would they invest in Game Pass? Perhaps so. But I don't think the next Doom game is going to move units or anything of that nature. And units are an older, more tired right. argument, but they do make good headlines and they set mindset. The precedent for exclusivity that I would, would offer as a, a, a good counterbalance would be think about things like Destiny. Destiny has a community on multiple platforms. But PlayStation brought that Destiny, Destiny community to them by offering exclusive strikes and a couple special guns. They did the same, PlayStation did the same thing when they made a deal with Call of Duty. And is the best place to play Call of Duty PlayStation? Yeah, if you care about Call of Duty, it is. I don't, so I'm fine on my Xbox playing it. That's why yeah. I want the achievements, whatever. But if I cared about Call of Duty, I'm getting those XB perks or whatnot over on the PlayStation side. If I cared about Destiny and I want the complete Destiny experience, I need those special strikes and special guns six months ahead or forever, I'm going to be on the PlayStation. That is the mentality that Microsoft needs to have if they're going to make a multi-platform game. And as somebody that doesn't care about Destiny that much or Call of Duty that much, it doesn't matter to me where I play. But for somebody that does, they're going to choose their respective system accordingly. And Microsoft now has to incentivize their experiences in that way if they're going to go the multi-plat route. Uh, and it's about drawing in the consumer that's diehard about that particular topic, about that particular thing. And Microsoft needs to give a perk or two to Game Pass subscribers in Halo Infinite. Have to. 100%. Have to. Have to. You got to make their, you got to incentivize things with the little stuff that, that communities feel rewarded. And then they're willing to spend more dollars because I'm on my Xbox most of the time. Yo, I buy all, like, I go to deals with gold every week and I'm buying seven, $8 games, but I'm doing it. My attach rate on Xbox is astronomical thanks Thank to Game Pass. No, and I think no. it's a, it's a perception and a, a buildup of things. And I know we, we went into the bigger conversation, but exclusives are what start and seed that ground to spend more dollars later. I see what you're saying. I understand. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, it, I think, I agree with you. I think without Game Pass, like if that wasn't the thing, mm -hmm. I would be a hundred percent like, yeah, this is what they have to do. They go out and spend this, you know, and and that's how they have to. I mean, because you can say, well, they got all this money, and there's a it's a finite damn thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know Microsoft is loaded, and that's fine, but they're not just going to throw that much money at something and not get their return back. And I'm not talking about putting it on PlayStation because I can give a shit less if it goes to there or not because it doesn't matter to me. All right. I'm just saying, you know, I think if Game Pass wasn't a thing, it'd be completely different. But to your point about, ex you know, exclusivity, I think, you know, and you want to put that one up there that what Asante uh, did? Uh, you guys have been just going. So yeah. I've let you run. We've, we've got we've got stuff to get to. I want to touch on. And obviously, I want to add my input to what you guys are saying, sure. but I didn't want to interrupt you. We'll get to we'll get to it. Yeah. You know, like like it seems like it's a more of a mentality thing in the gaming community which is why I kind of stepped away from it because it always seems like it's more of a, well, Sony did this. This is how they do it. So we need to do this to them. 
But that's not how we should be as a community. We should just be, I mean, if you want both systems, fine. If you can only afford one, then you have to make a choice. But a lot of these hardcore gamers that are on there, they own both of these systems and or are going to have both of these systems. So if, you know, it comes out on just Xbox or if a game comes out on PlayStation, you're going to be able to get both of them. You know, I, I, I never thought that, like Game Pass should push console sales, I always thought. You know, I always thought that, that you know, it's, it's, it's a value. You get 200 plus games, you know, whether or not those appeal to you is whatever but mm -hmm. there's there's gonna you know we, we keep saying it's gonna be happening in the future in the future we see all these other stuff they're gonna be putting out and i for me that's where i'm gonna play most of those games if it's coming day and date on release 100 percent, there would be no reason even though i buy everything for some reason on both systems there'd be no reason for me to purchase starfield on playstation if i own the xbox Right. Game pass. You know, that's, 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 I, I get that even if it was there. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't know, man, it just seems, it's, it seems more like of a mentality than it does. Like, like this is my team and this is my team and mm -hmm. da, 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 you know, and that's, that's not how it should be. You know I mean? And, and it doesn't matter in the end because I'm not making any money off these dudes. They make a ton of it and they know what they're doing. I think I can see it going either way. I hope Bethesda just makes some good games mm -hmm. and not, you know, get to that point where we're just getting that mediocre experience, you know, 30 minutes into the next Fallout game where it's just, just like, talked about that. yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I don't want. We get some good games, put them wherever the hell you want to. doesn't matter to me because I'm going to play them anyway. You so, know what I mean? yeah. So <laughs> that was a long uh, conversation Sorry. with so let, let me touch on a bunch of things. So first, True. let me get this. Okay, Sante, thanks so much, man. 999. Yeah, super awesome, man. True that Game Pass subscribers get the games. Some of us care about exclusivity because Sony has made us care. I think that's fair, and I think that's what Dan's speaking to from a mentality standpoint. That's why I bought my PS5. Spider-Man is behind that Sony paywall now. Xbox needs to compete in that arena. Now, there's, there's a whole... So thank you again for that, and I'm going to kind of yeah, touch on that. It in coordination with a couple other comments here because uh, Timothy Weekly says something very similar. And I get what he's trying to say, Luke, uh, because okay. that's where it's a conversation that I have put forth, as Dan will tell you many, 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 many times. Mm -hmm. For conversation's sake, what happens if they say Fable gets 5 million Japanese gamers to sign up for Game Pass through mobile and sell zero consoles? So there's, that's awesome. Which is Sorry. fantastic. And that's the play in that market. And that's, that's mm -hmm. the differentiation between these varying comments and your guys' conversation is a lot of this stuff that you guys are talking about between exclusives, Game Pass, it's it's capability to bring someone into the Xbox ecosystem and or to sell a console mm -hmm. is market specific. Yes. In the US market, right, where we are, our community that we're most and probably Western Europe um, that we're, you know, all of us talking on a daily basis, right? There's a, a much greater percentage of us that are, to Keosante's point, going to go out and buy a PlayStation 5 because of Forbidden West, right? Or will buy a, an Xbox console uh, rather than trying to focus on something like xCloud on, on mobile. However, right. the market in somewhere like Japan, uh, the, and we talked about this last week, Dan, the conversation around Xbox selling consoles in Japan, it's dead. Yeah, forget about it. It's gone. Understandably, their infrastructure yeah. is fast. 
and they can go xCloud or mobile, PC or mobile, I should say, for everything. Yeah, I mean, mobile's it. I mean, mobile mm-hmm. is light years ahead in terms of revenue and gameplay and and uh, time spent in those South Korean Japanese markets, right? So the game, the, the play in that market or those markets is really about having the uh, library on Game Pass to bring people in who don't want to, who don't care about having an Xbox console, right? Mm-hmm. What all of this conversation sums up to, and we've talked about again many times as well, Dan uh, and Luke as well, um, is that at the end of the day, what we're talking about is content, 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 content. Mm-hmm. And as all of this comes to fruition and things start to finally get to that point where the content is being released, Xbox Game Pass is the, uh, it's kind of the gateway to Xbox, period. The Xbox brand in the future is Game Pass, mm-hmm. period. If you can't see that through the trees, you're not looking. Um, so, my point in saying that is that it doesn't matter to Xbox at all on how you go through the door, whether it's to a console, whether it's to a Series X or S, whether it's to Game Pass or uh, mobile, um, you play on PC, it doesn't matter, right? Game Pass is is the door they want you to walk through. Um, and so I think my, my last point, because I, now I've been talking for a while, is that everything you guys were saying back and forth was all all true. Um, but kind of all encompassing into that Game Pass conversation, right? Um, and I think that's what Asante and Tim and a few others in chat kind of touched on different aspects of that. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it all adds up to the same. If you sum it all up, like, you know, like a peak, Game Pass is here. That's all it is. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that up because I was not, I did not track the question well. And so I appreciate that. Yeah, and so so and Asante, man, you very generous, dude. Thank you so much for the super chat. Seriously, we appreciate them uh greatly. I agree that uh I agree that's not how it should be, but that's how it is. I wouldn't have bought a PlayStation 5 if it wasn't for them locking stuff up. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think what Dan's point is, I don't want to speak for you, Dan, but I think the I point we there absolutely is a percentage of customers out there that will buy a platform for specific titles. Exclusives have the capability to sell, whether it be a console or a service like we're talking about, right? That That's a fact. Um, but again, right, Sony's making the money. If you look at it from a Sony perspective, they make the money, Asante, on you buying Spider-Man and you buying right. God of War Ragnarok and you buying Forbidden West, whatever you're going to, whatever games you like to play. You buying that PlayStation 5 is kind of, that's their door because that's, at the time being, Sony's main door is console sales. Um, whereas for Xbox, their main door is Game Pass. Um, so while it's important, it is important. It's not to be disregarded that Xbox uh, doesn't want people investing in Series Xs and Series Ss. If it wasn't, they wouldn't have spent billions of dollars developing them. Um, and quite frankly, they're incredible pieces of hardware. Um, it's just a different approach, but yeah, you're 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 right, Asante, in the sense of you wouldn't have bought a PlayStation Five if it wasn't for the game. Um, it's just different approaches to the market. That's all it is. Yeah, I think I think you know to his point also. You know, it, it's you know he wanted that one specific game, and there there could be people that do, and that will get. I don't think it's going to be a very high percentage. Like if I say, okay, well, I'm going to buy like let's say Starfield comes out an exclusive. Fine by me. Don't even give a shit. But uh, you know, if somebody's gonna, you know, that's solely in that 
PlayStation ecosystem comes out and says, okay, I'm going to go buy this Series X. How many people is that going to be? You know, how many people are going to get into Game Pass for just that one game? Or are they just going to buy that game? You know, what, like when I bought my PS4, I think the content needs to be, like there needs to be a bunch of it. Like I, I waited quite a long time to buy it, you know, but when I did, you know, I mainly bought it for MLB, but then there was also Horizon. God of War was coming out the next year, you know, Spider-Man, all, all these, you know, there was like a ton of stuff. And that's that's really what I'm kind of looking at as far as from like my value, you know, my, my valuation of Game Pass. I want more than just one game. And that's their long play, obviously, with Xbox. That's why they bought all these studios. That's why they're, you know, going in the direction that they want. And if they want to make them exclusive to Xbox ecosystem, cool. Don't even give a crap because that means good for me because I've got Game Pass on lockdown for 18 years, you know, yeah. for relatively you're, you're, Again, your point is, is that you're on, you, you have Game Pass. You're locked in. You're going to get the content no matter what. So right. you don't care where it lands. Right. But also there are people that have, you know, that kind of stuff that let's say they just have an Xbox and they have Game Pass locked in. And that's all they have. They don't have the Sony game. You know, they don't have a PlayStation. They don't yeah. have anything else. Right. Like, what does it matter to them? Where else it goes? I, that's that's the mindset that I don't understand because you are you're good. Like you're going to be able to play all these games. Right. I, Yes, agreed. Agreed. Right. The the only thing I would add to that, and you know where we stand on this, yeah. we talk about it all the time. The only thing I would say to that is, is the uh, regeneration of uh, growth in the sense of, and I think Luke was touching on this, is that if that content is exclusive, whether it be Game Pass platform, whatever, we know it's going to be Game Pass. So exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem and PC clients, right? From a console perspective, what that does, even if it's smaller, right? Um, it drives more, it'll drive some more people to Xbox ecosystem, which in turn will allow them to reinvest more into, to, to Luke's point, you're reinvesting more into Xbox, you're making Xbox a more, uh, a better proposition to people, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the counterpoint to that, as we've talked about as well, Dan, is does that formula outweigh what right bringing say games six months after launch or a year after right. launch or whatever it may be to other platforms like PlayStation or switch even um, what's that revenue look like and how does that impact Xbox adoption? Yeah. Going, we, yeah. They know going, going know. all the way back to your future point. They know, right. They, they they, know. They're the ones who know. So whatever makes the most sense for both the brand and the long-term revenue is what they're going to do. Period. That's and it. I, lo I love the idea that you come for one game find more like i i have my playstation so i can play god of war and spider-man mm -hmm. but there's there's some pretty there's plenty of times in my playstation career where i've seen a playstation plus game or a game that was on sale or a game that was exclusive to playstation but i'd not touched it and then i'm spending money or checking that game out because i was there initially for god of war and now i'm checking out this of new experience yeah, of course. and game pass is built around that design and there they is. have to have consistent content coming in and the they key. cannot for the long term rely on third parties to do that that's yep. why they're gobbling stuff up that's why embracer group and yep. tencent and epic are all gobbling studios up because they can't rely on outside sources to fund their delivery of content correct 100 no, and let me get the stark super chat sarka did not miss you only reason i bought a ps5 honestly was uh horizon forbidden west ragnarok and returnal 
other than the solid single player store games, I prefer Xbox for the total deal. Yeah, and, and that's fair. I think Asante was saying the same thing, right? Yeah. It's it's those games that made you invest in that platform. And I think that play that it's not that that's no longer relevant. It's still relevant. It's becoming less relevant over time, but it is still relevant. And I think that's more true of Sony's ecosystem, PlayStation's ecosystem, than it is Xbox. There's just again, they're, it's the same with Nintendo, right? Nintendo is probably all the way over here. People buy the Switch to play those Nintendo games. You can't play anywhere else. That's just it. And we Sony's don't buy delivered- to play online with friends. Come on, we no. just talked about that. We and buy. I don't it. buy Sony to play with friends. Sony delivers. No great first party uh single player experiences spider-man god of war horizon uh god there's another one that i'm forgetting uh but baby what'd you say they're just ghost of shishima thank you that was it yes ghost there's just so many great single player experiences and i'm i'm on my my xbox for multiplayer and third party experiences at the moment the the neat business approach that microsoft has though is that a lot of their multiplayer games can be played single player and have a great time but we focus on the multiplayer gears halo we focus on the multiplayer state of decay focus on the multiplayer but i play a lot of those single player myself Me too. you know yep. yeah it's uh they're just different approaches um mm-hmm. and, and i think where we get lost sometimes as a community all of us is that it has to be this way like yeah you know what I mean? one for one like, everything has to be the same way. yeah and, mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter is in business and this industry in particular with as fluid as it is and is becoming even more so um, there's a lot of different ways that these companies are finding to make money. If you if you translate that over to games, right? Think about the free to play game service now. That go back 10, 15 years, free to play games weren't even a thing. You know what I mean? What companies have evolved into is understanding a game doesn't have to come in a box for sixty dollars on a retail shelf to make money. There's many, many, many other ways that games can be distributed. Um, and be profitable, highly profitable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing with the industry. These approaches that these companies are taking to get people into their, uh, I keep saying ecosystem, I, that word just seems to fit. It is to, what it is. <laughs> to get into the ecosystem um, is going to continue to evolve. Um, but at the end of the day, like we said, it's content. Mm-hmm. You need that content. And that's that's it's, what it's, it's got to be good content. You know, that's, that's the other thing. You know, we can't, it's not just like, okay, we're going to make you, you know, all these games and throw them at you. Give us some substantial stuff. And that's, yeah. and I, I expect that from, you know, Nintendo. I expect it from Sony. I expect it from Xbox. If I'm going to be there and I'm going to buy your system, I want good content. Of course. You know, and that's why, you know, when the Switch Pro comes out, even though I say I shouldn't buy it, more than likely I will. But it's, it's still, you know, I should put my foot down. You know, and say no. This is I got to stop doing this because you, you know. But nobody ever does. We just I do. Hey, I have. I've started. No, well, you started. I'm, I'm in step two. Um, <laughs> I'm still in step one. <laughs> I'm waiting for Monster Hunter Rise to be over and done with, so I can finish that. Then I'll start. You know, I'll start then. I'll stop drinking when uh, you know after Fourth of July. All right, guys. Yeah, Good. Yeah, yeah. New Year's. New Year's. New Year's. Yeah, New Year's. All right. Um. Good conversation, though, guys. Um, you know, it's funny. We talked at the front of the show how there didn't seem to be a whole lot of news this week, and yet we've uh, had a lot of good conversation here. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. Conversation I, you could never have with Joseph Moran. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Dan, you asked a good question. When When is the time when Game Pass will become indispensable? 
Um, yeah. I think it's it's mostly already there for me, but then I'm a massive consumer of all these games. Uh, I think on a mass scale, I said 2023, and what I the reason I say that is because it'll be 2023 and beyond when things like not just Bethesda, but where these other studios that continue to staff up right now and have been working on things like Fable for say two years, right? They've been working on Fable for over two years, but what most people don't may not know about kind of pre-production on games is there's a lot that goes into artwork and there goes into narrative and writing, right? The actual coding of the game starts after that uh, in many degrees. And there's going to be this um, collaboration between all these first party studios on, on um, engines and optimizations and, you know, unreal five is still developing. And if you kind of look at the total picture of all that, I think it's going to be 2023 before to your point, game Pass is delivering, monthly content not just from third parties and not from stuff that we enjoy but stuff that's really killer that is going to be new and that you want to play no matter what and Um, what's and having them you know bethesda there you know what that i think helps with which i don't think we talk about enough is that you know i know what their ultimate goal is you know and to have that okay every four months we get something one of these big things between it we get maybe some double a games we get right they can set that pace. Exactly. Like 23 studios. Yes. Right. So they can they can go, okay, this is exactly how we're gonna do it. You guys got this much amount of, you know, this amount of time, you know, to do this, to the, you know, and, and they can once, you know, hopefully COVID will be under control. Hopefully everything will be kind of back to normal and you can get back on a regular development scale or you know, whatever, a regular development time. And then they'll be able to maybe if to your point, 2023, you start setting that pace and yeah. then you start seeing, whoa. You know, everybody, nobody's going to remember what the hell Games with Gold is. You know, I think eventually <laughs> they're going to be like, what? well, I don't even know what that is now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I just ignored most of the time. But no, I, and I think once you hit that pace, yeah, then, then it's set. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's getting the start, basically. It's like right. starting your engine, if you will. Yeah. Once, it, once it starts and they start hitting that cadence, we're going to be in gaming heaven. It's going to be the key, man. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I don't know what's going on between Phasma and uh, Luke here in the chat. We're just going to look over it. There's heroes. Phasma's my hero, and I love her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric, what's up, Jax? Um, afternoon, gents. Hope you're all doing well. Thank you, sir. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. Appreciate that. Um, all right. We talked that. Uh, I've got to now attempt to talk my excitement of Elden Ring. Which i got to go pee. don't really I- care. <laughs> Uh, how am I supposed to do this? Does anyone want to jump in uh, and talk Elden Ring with me, please? All yeah. right. So wait a minute. We are Luke. Are even you Joseph Moran doesn't care about Elden Ring. He Whoa. should, considering he supposedly likes Bloodborne. You know, it's probably just a front. We don't know. Um, <laughs> Lies. So Elden Ring. Let's let's at least touch on it because it is a big news thing. So a lot of conversation on this. The the this uh, you know trailer that was released on uh, the Switch 720p screen apparently um, came out this week, and uh, you couldn't really see much from it. But what you could tell from it, especially if you're a big Souls player, um, is that this game looks to be and sound like the next evolution of Dark Souls. Um, and I think that's what I, I don't want to speak, obviously, for the From Software community or the Souls Born, whatever you want to call it. But I think that's what people are looking for. Um, so I'm very, very excited about it. You saw dragons, you saw different classes, um, and the the detailed leaks that have come out talk about the class system being very similar to Dark Souls. So if you 
Again, I'm talking with people who don't really get into the Souls games too much. But well, you're reading about Mass Effect right now. Yes, yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. You try to have a conversation. We've got a good audience listening. You see what I deal with? It's like I'm trying to pull this off the ground, and this is what I get. Elden Ring. I'm, I've got you. I'm binging it. Stop it. So, <laughs> you gotta get those rewards and perks. So anyway, so for fans who are listening to this, I'm gonna mute the other two. Don't worry. Um, what they showed is uh, a class system like, uh, you know, Bloodborne or, or Souls. Um, it looks to have spells, looks to have the melee combat. Um, they did show horseback, uh, which is really interesting um, because that's obviously never been in a Souls or Bloodborne game. So we'll see what that looks like. So maybe, you know, it's kind of an evolution that has some Sekiro uh, aspects in it as well. But uh, I am super excited for this. Uh, everything I've heard about it is that it was supposed to release in late 2020. For very obvious reasons, it didn't. It's in that phase now where it's in the polishing phase, which from is apparently scheduled around nine months for. Um, so I still think uh, I know some people are saying this might be pushed to 2022 due to some turmoil that's going on. But I still think there's a decent chance uh, that this releases in 2021 this fall. Um, and if you know if this is optimized for next gen, especially with uh, as we understand it, Xbox having the marketing rights, this could be a really, really special game i know people think that um some people think that the souls games are kind of more of a niche um and that the audience uh people don't realize how big those games are um i believe the franchise the souls games has now sold over 40 million copies something like that i'm going mm. off of memory but um it's much bigger than people realize and the love for bloodborne the love for dark souls is very very big so if this game hits it hits right especially don't forget that freaking George R. R. Martin is involved in this game. So if they come out and market this as the next game from the Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro creators, Sekiro one game of the year, don't forget that either, um, in collaboration with the creator of Game of Thrones, this is going to be a huge, huge release. Um, even if it does not have a Rodriguez difficulty mode in it. What if Sorry. it does? <laughs> um, That's what I'm hoping. It won't. See, I mean, then what the hell? <laughs> anyway, here's the thing. I own Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, and Bloodborne, right? And I've played them all. I haven't gotten very far in any of them. But, you know, I know there's a huge fan base for this. It, You know, from the trailer, it was kind of, meh. You know, it's hard to see. It was I'm really... Uh, yeah. I need Eric to join need us. Eric to get in right now. But, yeah, there's a... I think once that big trailer hit it drops and it's 4k it's 60 frames you know it's all you know whatever it is that comes out in the later this year it's gonna be a big release it's gonna be just as big as demon souls i think bigger if it's multi-platform you know Which it will. yeah okay so it's gonna be a humongous game yeah. you know yeah it, it's it's there it's a very specific fan base you know i want to say niche because it's not because it's it's so huge i think um it's great man i mean it i i always you know, everybody has told me that the, the stories for these games are not anything really to write home about. You know what I mean? Like it's just they're just kind of ancillary and they're they're there, you know, to kind of move the action forward. The whole so, the whole thing is just you, you, you piss off a whole lot of people, but continue. Well, that's that's what I've heard, and this is not me saying it. I've never I can't speak on it. Like from people <laughs> I've talked to, they said, Yeah, it's there, but you know, that's not why you play a Souls game. 
you play it for the challenge. You play yeah, it for that's the. Maybe fair. That's maybe fair. Yeah. There is an awful lot of story into uh, Bloodborne had its standalone story, which was very very cool, and then Souls as a you know group of games has its own story. Right. Um, and and there is a lot there, but to your point, it's very the unique thing about Souls games. It's very um, uh, God, I don't know the word I'm looking for. It's kind of behind the scenes. Like it's there if you want to dive into it and uncover it. Like you have to find tomes and books and stuff. Kind of. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's very nuanced in those games. So like you'll talk to someone and they'll make a comment about something, and it can be just a couple words um, that if you don't pick up on, you're going to miss like a key story thread. Um, and then all the items you pick up, uh, gear, stuff, like it, they have descriptions and there's lore mm -hmm. in the descriptions of all those items. Um, okay. So if you want to read through that and piece it together, it's actually very deep and there's a ton to it. But for most people who just play through the games, yeah, they're not, it's not story driven in that same way uh, as some other games. So my, well, my point was, you know, with George sitting there, I'm assuming helming the writing part of it. It, we, we should at least it explains the delay yeah that could be <laughs> yeah i mean who the hell knows i mean it, it's it's hopefully it'll have that's that's the biggest thing that i would miss if i were actually good enough to play these games would be a good story you know and that's that's i think that's the only thing that's really helped me back from pushing myself to you know getting into the souls games i just get frustrated very very easily so it's it's just not worth my my time or my my physical slash mental health, you know, to kind of go through it and do that kind of stuff. So, you know, maybe a decent story would actually push me to Steve's way, by the way. Yeah, man. I mean, there's no reason you can't have an easy mode. Right. It's just yeah, this is this is the mindset that I hate. It's just like, oh no, you can't have easy mode because it takes away the flavor of the game. Shut up. Shut up. No, actually, uh, I agree with you there. Um, I don't think there's any reason you can't have easy mode from a methodology standpoint. But the, right. when it comes to the Souls games, there's a, a way the game are designed. Uh, sure. they're, they're literally, it comes down to the frames. Like, there's there's when you're fighting bosses, um, and if you watch some of the kind of hardcore Souls players, it literally comes down to frame-by-frame -frame analysis of not getting hit and how sure. you survive and stuff. And that, that makes sense. Yeah, well, what that, about, like, Jedi Fallen Order? I thought that was that was that, tough. Because that, that was where I was going to come in, though. That's, that's what it was. What? No. What? Well, that's just fundamentally wrong. But I... <laughs> bad soul? No. Jedi Fallen Order is a good game. I'm joking, of course. Very good game. Mm. Um, but it's fundamentally different from Souls games. It is, but sure. Fallen Order and Lords of the Fallen and Darksiders 3, the games that have elements that... Uh, exist within the Souls games, they're very good starting points to get people into that genre. They are not for people to jump right in. Dark Souls and Elden Ring, uh, Sekiro, Sekiro, oh goodness, the parry system, complicated, oh, difficult. Yeah. But it is, and it would be, I think, a, a disservice to Elden Ring if they did not have uh, ways of onboarding new fans into the genre for a game that is going to be very well publicized for that. Uh, I also, back to our previous comment about exclusivity and discussions, if Microsoft has the marketing rights, they darn well show, sure have better paid for some sort of exclusive content to yeah. bring people and reward those those gamers therein because it's not happened with Assassin's Creed and some of the other games that they've had yeah. marketing for. When it comes... Yeah, exactly. And I, I wonder with Elden Ring specifically, when you have that many high pillar points george rr R. martin from software uh the creators of and and the genre 
seemingly peaking uh, in the last few years. I wonder if it's not a recipe for mediocrity because you've got too many high profile, talented chefs in that kitchen. And I'm curious to see where it goes with that. Uh, the meme and the joke about people that don't care about Elden Ring, myself included, is that it's not really charting on our radars, but we don't know enough about it for it to do that at all. We haven't yeah. seen anything worth it being special. And so I think that's part of where we're, we're coming from in a couple aspects when it, when we, discuss Elden Ring. That said, uh, I, I didn't watch the, the grainy trailer, Dan. I don't know if you did. Yeah, I did. It was grainy. It's probably <laughs> going to look like a, a fantasy game that we don't yeah. know much about at this point. Will they have, do they have the ability to hype me up? Absolutely. And I'm curious, and if they, if they come out with the right kind of trailer, do you see yourself getting interested in it again? I mean, if it, it's always with those kind of games it's always been like you know my skill level like mm -hmm. 10 15 years ago i know i could have done it and then you know my patience was at a much higher you know level than it is now so so it, i don't know like it, i feel like you have to really especially for somebody like me whose reflexes aren't as good anymore and if we're going down to frames you know where people are like look at this you know parry at this exact you know it, I am not that person, you know, but I, I, I like for, well, for difficulty, you know, for difficult games, I will push through them. You know, if the story is good, you know, if it's a good, you know, if it tells a, you know, like Bloodborne is probably the one I've gotten the farthest on, you know, as far as, you know, because it, it, it told a little bit, you know, it was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Even though the beginning I sat there for probably three hours trying to figure out where the hell I was even going. I couldn't even figure anything out. Like it, I'm all I'm all for you know not holding your hand to a point, you know. But eventually, just be like, hey, hey, you kind of suck. So do you want a little bit of a hint? You know, we can do this for you. Sorry. If, if you know? Elden Ring is Dark Souls Four or Sekiro Two, I could not be less interested. If it has a way to onboard players like yourself and, and right. to a lesser extent, I think myself, because I'm not quite where you are, but I'm. I'm the guy that liked Jedi Fallen Order a lot. I loved it. But I had to learn that combat. Uh, Same. If if they can onboard me and do something different than those other two franchises that it's so well connected to, then I'm there for it. Then I'm interested. Mm -hmm. If they don't do anything unique or special, then it will be another game that, that passes me by. And I think it will do a disservice to those grand pillars we talked about. That, that potential with all those great creators... Uh, I think a lot of people would be missing out on on that great work. And that's just, uh, I suppose, a fear of mine when it comes to Elden Ring. It feels yeah. like, as you guys were talking, it feels we like... We got Dark Souls FOMO. And sorry <laughs> sorry for stepping away for a second there, which I, I don't know if I've ever done that while hosting a show, so sorry. I was just completely let down by that. I could not carry <laughs> that conversation. And it was just, honestly, it, it just... It was rude. It's, another, it's, like, it's like your bad bit all over again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, uh, as you guys were talking uh, ill of uh, Elden Ring and not really knowing what either of you were talking about. Um, Ailu said, uh, Ains has become bored with Luke and is calling bad bit as we speak. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, and the other thing funny, uh, Sham said, um, Dan, as you were talking about like the stories, as uh, Sham said, Dan, there are dedicated forums for the lore of these games, which is true. I mean, people really go nuts. I have no with doubt. With this I mean, stuff, you can imagine. Surprise me one bit. Yeah. Do they have grimoire cards? 
<laughs> it's a lot more cryptic was the word I was looking for earlier. It's a lot more cryptic. Um, here, I'm going to pimp these guys because I love them and I do that all the time, but or promote, I should say, is uh, is the guys at RKG. Um, if you want to know more about these games, why they're special, but have a laugh in doing so, their playthroughs on IGN Prepare to Try and now their own ch channel, RKG, uh, of Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, Bloodborne, and Sekiro. They've done them all. Um, they're just great. They're, they're episode by episode. They go through the whole game. But the one guy the one guy plays, he's not very good, so he dies a lot. Uh, and you have a laugh. The other guy's mostly humor. And the third guy knows all the lore. And so as he's going through it and dying a ton and having laughs about it, they're explaining all the aspects of these games. So believe me, if you want to kind of understand these games and the love form, watch those. You'll have a laugh, but you'll also... Uh, you know, kind of get it. You know what I'd like to do? Be able to play them and experience it firsthand myself. I'll that get would better. be awesome. That would be awesome. That's what I'm saying. I could, you know, how I feel about people saying they've, you know, given opinions on a video game that they've never played, but they watch a stream on it. Yeah, shut up. This is different, though. This is different. Right. No, no, I've seen, I've seen their their stuff, and yeah. they're funny. They're hilarious sometimes. You know, so yeah, it, that, if if this that might be a point where you know I get to. You know, but, you know, maybe like Luke said, if they make it a little bit more accessible, you know, in in, in, in kind of that jumping off point to, to get us into that thing, maybe I do go back and try to do some of the older stuff. Say, I, it, almost, it almost feels like From is like the Nintendo of developers where they're like, here's the games we make. You don't like it? Oh, well. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, do your thing, man. Your thing. I'm still going to buy it probably when it's 10 bucks. But that's what I did with all the other ones. I said I couldn't beat the first creature I encountered at Bloodborne. Was it the wolf thing? Like in the very, very no, beginning? No, the wolf at the very beginning you're supposed to die to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it might be the blood-starved beast who's the first kind of – He's so this is what's funny about these games, no, he's, right? He's probably like the first bad guy he comes up with, like one of the scrubs. So blood-starved beast is the first boss in, blood, in Bloodborne, but he's really an introductory boss. He's not a boss boss. Um, so it kind of introduces you to the pains of Bloodborne and how hard it can be, but it gets you into that rhythm of thinking like a, a boss fight, which those games obviously have. Mm -hmm. um, but I do see a lot of people who say they couldn't even beat the Bloodstarved Beast. And I'm like, yeah, he's he's literally the bottom, bottom, bottom tier of the difficulty of where that game goes. Like 10 seconds into the game. That's yeah. hilarious. That's me, oh, man. Into the game. Yeah, so if it's right when you start, there's a wolf that you encounter, um, but you're supposed to die to him. Um, because when you die, you get woken up at the, uh, the, uh, I forget what they call it, uh, but the, the hut with the woman and that introduces kind of the main story to the game. So mm -hmm. yeah. And then I respond outside elsewhere. Yeah. That's supposed to happen. So yeah. anyway, enough on Elden Ring. Um, I'm excited about it more to come, uh, next time when the game releases, I'll pull a panel together that actually knows what they're talking about here. I don't know what that them. means. <laughs> Gee, hey. We'll talk about it. All right. Last thing I want to touch on real quick. Uh, we don't have to stay on this one, guys. So is uh, PlayStation VR 2. Uh, because, Dan, I know that you've dabbled a lot. Uh, you know, I have PSVR. You've uh, dabbled a lot more with it than I have. But, um, you know, we got the official announcement, of course, from PlayStation that, yes, this is coming. It's going to be much more streamlined. There's going to be a single wire. Um, you know, not all this crazy hookup like PSVR 1. It's going to be more advanced, better resolution, better view, all this stuff. And then patents came out this week, which is kind of what many of us expected. And I thought the ASEC game on about this when he was on the uh, industry perspectives chat 
is uh, they basically look like the Oculus controllers, right? To repl- mm-hmm. replace the Move controllers. Um, so it's, uh, you know, they're handled and, and they believe that there's going to be haptics in them that were developed as part of the dual sense. So as you're holding this, you can still integrate haptics into your gameplay on PSVR without the dual sense, which all sounds really cool. Um, but I just want to call it out because it's exciting, I think. Um, you know, VR continues to evolve. It's still kind of in that weird place where not a ton of people experience it. But with games like Half-Life Alex, we always talk about, right, and some other experiences, it feels like if, if PSVR can be a jumping off point, 2, 2.0, excuse me, can be a jumping off point into this higher end VR experience that's only been reserved for PC. Um, and PlayStation continues to dedicate first party support to PSVR 2.0. I think this could be something really special. Yeah, man. It's, it's, so we got the Quest 2 uh, a few weeks ago. I think I look at my PSVR and I'm just like, nah, what is this? What is this garbage? I mean, it's it's that much of a difference. So they need to at least come close to that kind of quality um, as far as, you know, I, I need to realize, like, I thought that VR, PSVR was really, really cool. And it's, it is, I mean, and, you know, but I thought it was uh, an entry point. I feel like I, I, I was hornswoggled, you know, after seeing what the actual VR, like running off a PC is. Yes, 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 um, yes. It's, it's insane. Um, that, and it's completely wireless which is also amazing. Um, I'm fine with a wire. You know, I, most of the stuff I do, I try to, you know, sit down and play, you know, because, you know, I'm not an active guy. I mean, I play a lot of squadrons. I still play it on VR with the, with the HOTUS, you know, and I, I don't have yeah, to stand yeah. up, obviously, to play that. So, you know, those are the kind of games I like. You know, Blood and Truth was a really good game. You know, that was, right. a, it was a Sony London or whatever, whoever did that. Um yeah, I want to keep seeing, you know, keep supporting it. If you're going to go that direction, you're going to, you know, you'll have an edge at least in that area as far as, you know, your business, you know, because there's not a lot of, unless you go with the Labo and uh, the cardboard and put your thing <laughs> up. You know? Short of that, there's really not a whole lot of VR options, uh, you know, out there for, that's it, for the consoles, you know, and it's, it's, it's all going to depend on how much I think it's going to cost, yeah. you know. And, That's what I'm most curious about. Not to interrupt you, but no, you're fine. Do, do they aim at that kind of mass consumer market again, or do they really kind of push a higher end VR unit and go for a three or four, or not three, uh, like a four hundred dollar unit? Um, That's now my of course, is to go higher, but it because it's console, I don't know if they will. Yeah, I have no idea. Really, I mean, for what I played for the Quest Two, it's it's actually a really good. You know, little system. You know, you could, yeah, yeah. It was four hundred dollars. Yeah. That was for the maybe it was three. It was three hundred because, but I could be wrong. It was, I think it was. I think it was. Well, damn, I'm not gonna remember how much I paid for. There's two versions. There's a sixty-four gigabyte and a two hundred and fifty-six gigabyte. It's a hundred dollar difference. Gotcha. You know, because it's, it's it's a standalone set. You don't even need your PC to run it. Technically, it's it just it does it by itself. Yeah, it's got um, the unit in it. Yeah. Right now, there's a link play. You can plug it in, and you know that's I think the best way to play because it allows you to access any kind of Steam VR games that you have too. You know, you can uh, set it up to be still wireless and use a virtual desktop, basically, and yeah. that works great assuming you have decent local internet. You know, so that's what we ended up doing. Um, got rid of the the cord um, and just went uh, full wireless, and my kid plays it constantly. 
it's like one or two games, which is the crazy thing for me, you know, because he plays some Beat Saber, he plays, you know, some game called like Sword and Sorcery or something where you just it's just like hordes of people and you just grab whatever weapon you have. It's just like a almost like a I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know. It, it's it's hilarious to watch him play because you can sit there and slice it. It's just fun. That's cool. You know, and it's a really it's a really well done system. So uh, it needs to be at that quality. You know, you, yeah. you need to show people. You know, and then you're running it off the PS5. So you know, I I, I still don't know all the tech aspects of these consoles. So I know like the Quest Two needs like a uh, 1060, I think AMD or NVIDIA 1060 something you know video card it needs like a ryzen 5 yeah you know, i mean there's depending on I'm the a, unit. yeah i'm assuming that the ps5 is somewhere around that maybe i don't know i don't know how these stupid things work yeah i know they work you know that's <laughs> so but, but, uh, yeah i, I, I was gonna say to your point never play on pc vr because no. you'll never play again i bought a valve index and the difference it's is so drastic crazy how much different it is yeah i mean I, I couldn't believe it i mean it was i was like this is insane man yeah. Like, how do they even call this VR? You know, <laughs> well, that's why a lot of Ace has said the same thing, uh, and I think he has a Valve Index as well. Is and Carl actually for writes for the site said the same thing is that you know calling PSVR true VR is kind of an insult. Really, it's not to that level. No. Yeah. No, uh, Luke, one second, dude. Uh, just because I misspoke on Bloodborne a couple times, I want to correct myself. I wasn't looking at chat when I was talking. So Elu's right. The first boss in Bloodborne is the cleric piece, not Bloodstar piece. That's later. And the uh, the main area there is the hunter's dream. Thank you, Steve. All right. Mm. So Luke, you ever uh, play around with VR? Any interest here? Not at the moment. No. No, no interest, and I have not. Uh, perhaps that's why I don't have interest. But the cost to, to buy in and the uh, experience that i would get for what i could afford yeah. not there at the moment and frankly i'm fine with that for the time being i'm happy to adopt that technology down the line when it's either more affordable or uh, a better more complete experience i love the controller evolution i'm seeing on the pc side with the quest and whatnot uh, i'm i'm unhappy with i think the way the facebook deal kind of played into things yeah. i like knowing that playstation vr is evolving i was really worried they were going to leave that tech behind um, it is very common that companies will go least common denominator. I mean, for God's sakes, PSVR had PS3 controllers, you know, yeah. and there's, there's an element to that that I'm just yeah. not interested in for the time being, but cheers to all the people that are trying it out, enjoying it, playing it, making it better because it needs to be better for someone like me to get into it. But if you're having fun, rock on, it's just not for me at the moment. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Darren says, um, you know, wonder what the change on the Xbox side, cause you remember they did talk about VR previously with Xbox. They talked about a Scorpio. They talked about it in the future. <laughs> what he always said though, is that they don't want to be in the market of creating a, an exclusive headset like PlayStation does because obviously Xbox and Microsoft, you know, it's all about windows and with windows, you get obviously a much greater opportunity to work with multiple manufacturers who are already doing great things as we just talked about. But, um, it does kind of surprise me we haven't heard more about that, though. Just VR support uh, if you have a Series X, right? And being able to go buy one of these Windows headsets and just use it and buy the games on Xbox. I don't know why they haven't gotten there yet, but hopefully they do in the future. Well, they're, they're, they just released some stuff with that AR stuff that they're doing, where, like, the virtual media, that stuff looks badass. Yeah, like I mean, the AR is really cool, but the, the tech is, again... Yeah, you know, it's crazy expensive. Yeah, yeah. 
Like so people awesome. are like, well, where's HoloLens? A HoloLens is a three thousand yeah. uh, dollar uh, company device. You know, it's a corporate device, basically. Crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I thought it was cool though. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what PlayStation does with this, um, and we'll we'll see. Let's uh let's get to current stuff, guys. Um, real quick, uh, you know, I want to call out. We talked about Division Two last week, and I'm still addicted. Um, they announced just yesterday, actually, that uh, they've passed 40 million players. And the most surprising thing about that is that it said that March, may, meaning right now, they have the most players that have ever been playing since launch. Crazy. So more popular at this point in time than it's ever been since it launched almost two years ago in 2019. Um, and that new content is coming. In fact, they said that they're going to release a new game mode for it that's never been in Division before, um, including some members of the kind of core development team are going to stay on working on Division, even though most of Massive is obviously going off to work on the Star Wars game. Um, so this is cool. They said it will take several months. They said the earliest it'll release is uh, late 2021, which of course means 2022. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. So I've been playing a lot of Division Two myself. Uh, just a ton of fun, adoring it. Um, but what have you guys been up to, Pam? What's good for you, Luke? As far as like what I'm playing, man, um, a lot, a lot. <laughs> but that's my nature. I tend to play a lot of games simultaneously. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm playing the 2010 Alien vs. Predator game, having a real good time with it. Uh, that's actually a very fun game. It's not pretty uh, and doesn't upscale super well, but I'm really enjoying that. I've been playing a lot of Fortnite. I've really been enjoying the Outriders demo. A lot of fun to be had there. Um, I've sunsetted any fun that i could have had with call of duty the game is just it froze and broke on me constantly uh war like Warzone or cold war cold war cold war just too many too many failures yeah it just it was just pushed too soon it shouldn't have been out when it was and it just bad experiences with it but uh we've talked sorry to interrupt you luke we we've talked about it here but most people don't realize that game wasn't planned for this year or for 20. It was supposed to be the 2021 title. They had that whole screw up with Sledgehammer games. And mm-hmm. so they moved Cold War up a year and then threw all their resources at it and tried to rush it out. And you see what you get. When it works, I really enjoy it. But it just, it froze. It got framey on me. It crashed my system far too often. That is a common enough experience that it's not just me, but it's not universal. Similarly, I've had multiple people in my gaming group have had the physical discs. And they'll put it in, and then it tells them they need to buy the game, and it won't let them play. And that's just stuff like that that polish and timing on QA could have helped with. Um, But then uh, I'm also playing Anger Force Reloaded, which is a great twin-stick shooter, uh, which is just silly. I like playing lots of like little games. I have several games for review that are coming out over the next few weeks that I'm just checking out in in small, short quantity. Um, Yeah, man, I'm just having a blast with lots of things. And real talk, that's the nice part about times of the year like this. And I think 2020 and 2021 are the years where we don't get as many AAA games and we can catch up on backlogs. There's a lot. Yeah. And there's still an awful lot to play, of course, and catch up on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of ashamed though, that I didn't hear you say that you uh, reinstalled Anthem. I was waiting for it. And I figured <laughs> you said Anthem. Is that what you said? You never uninstalled it. Yeah, well, that's uh, fair too. Maybe that's I, why he didn't. I am forever sad by how much fun. I mean, I think I had about 100 hours just flying around being awesome in in an iron suit. And it's funny, as I play Outriders, it's the gameplay I wanted, man. Like, if they just didn't make it a live service, I'd have loved Anthem even more. Um, 
yeah, I think about that often. But there's a lot of games that I'm looking forward to the rebirth of, and sadly, Anthem is not one of them. Yep. No, we poured one out last week for it. So yeah, I know. I was I was with you uh, in the VOD. <laughs> yeah, what's happening, man? I know you've been playing some Division Two as yeah. well. Yeah, I'm gonna need your help here pretty soon because fuck these Pentagon missions. I got through one, thank God. The other one, the have you done the Pentagon yet? Oh my god. There was the second one, I think. It's fine. You know, I was like, okay, I'm just chugging right along. Then you get to the last part, and there's this the main guy, he's a sniper, right? And there's these two turrets, you can take those out pretty quick, no problem. And then you know, you take out everybody else that's there. No problem. Then it's just you and the sniper guy. Well, he calls down mortars every you know minute or uh, so. I remember that battle. Yeah, yes. and, and and he doesn't come down, and so you can only get you know. And I'm not my my build. I have to either redo my build. It's not built for long range, so Your you first can't. Mistake. Well, I'm you know I'm a tank. <laughs> not really. I'm like a critical hit machine. So when I actually <laughs> do get you know you know get up there and get yeah, you know, I just can't get him down. And he'll repair himself and heal himself. Eventually he comes down after he calls in like two or three medics, you know, I'm just like, are you serious? What is happening here? So I finally finished, you know, and I get most of the medics down, you know, and and trying to keep track of them and him at the same time is very, very frustrating because once I get in on them, I know I could annihilate them. I just can't get that close. Unfortunately, by the time he actually gets to a point where, and, and I've already gone through all of my armor kits you know, because he's disgusting and it's just, I, I got so frustrated the other night. I just, I almost threw my damn controller. That's how mad I was. So Faz said uh, she did a solo, Dan. It was a bitch. I did the one with the, the helicopter thing solo and I finished that. No problem. And I've done this one solo before for some reason. Now I cannot. You playing it on hard or did you change the like no, world level? I'm or just on whatever normal story, whatever the hell it is. Oh, you self revive. Um, yeah, I, I, I beat it. I don't know, a couple days ago. Um, I do remember him. Um, but then I'm, my entire build is around marksman rifle damage. So, I mean, I just pick people off. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, that's the only one I've been having this problem with. And actually, in the entire game, that for some reason, even before this new stuff came out, that's always been one of the hardest uh, guys for me to take down. I don't know what it is. Yeah, man. You know, but he's a bitch. Marksman rifles. I hit a, I'm not, I'm still optimizing, but you know, I use the sharpshooter and the sniper rifle. I mean, it doesn't do a whole lot, but you can hit fun, gigantic headshots. So I hit one for 12 million uh, the other day. Like it was a, it was a bright yellow guy with armor and I one shot him. I was like, yeah, you're out. Get, get out of here. I can basically run around it. Will I've got, what is it? The negotiator's dilemma. And I've got the chatter box. Yeah. 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 And I just basically run around and I never run out of ammo. Yeah. You know, it's disgusting. And, you know, you don't do a ton of damage, but you do so many hits, you don't have to worry about it. But that doesn't really translate well when a guy's sitting out on a, a ridge and then you can't, you know, <laughs> it doesn't work. So anyway, but it's, I'm still loving it. It's still a great game, you know. So guy, the guy on the right, fast says she'd help you. All right. If I see you on there, I'll yell at you and get you on there. You're going to have to heal me or something because that's that's my biggest deal. I don't know. I'll put on the backpack. You guys can jump in. Come yeah, on. Whatever. Just get one through that. Once I get through that, then I got Viper unlocked. So I got that'll be my first, you know, part of this whole thing. You know, the, oh, the manhunt. Yeah, yeah, the manhunt. Yeah, that's the last thing I need to do. You know, um, sure that actually I did install Anthem this week, and I played it because I wanted to use my stupid money to make sure. And sure enough, as soon as I did, 
I go to the store, nothing, nothing for my Colossus. It's all Ranger and Storm stuff. And I'm just like, I still have 3,000 plus. And then that's not even counting all the stuff I've earned before, like just the in-game currency. Yeah. That I can use for all this stuff too. <laughs> so now that made me even sadder because I realized that I actually have more of that than I actually bought. So I didn't actually have to buy the currency from the store. I could have just used what I had because I've never bought anything. So now, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just running through that a little bit here and there. It's still fun. It's still really good. You know, I just, you know, I'm on like Grandmaster 2 and I'm just rolling over people. You get, yeah. there's builds there that, you know, once you get it built up right, you just, all you do is just run around and smash people with your shield. So that's, it's still fun. It's still good. Like the gameplay is still Awesome. It was fun playing with you, t- comboing too, because you are—you're that big tank. Yeah, um, and I, and I would fly and... above you as Storm, and I had that combo yeah. that would mark everyone and then just explode them all, and you'd run amazing. there. Yeah, it's fun. Yo, I will bring my ranger to y'all's party if Let's we're go. gonna do this. <laughs> we need to do it. I, I, we'll have a stream night soon where uh, I'll stream us grouping up on Anthem. That's fantastic. Uh, oh man, I just been kind of jumping around. It's not really been anything. Yeah. I played a lot of the Outriders demo. I'm trying to like that because I want something new to play, but I'm still struggling. I'm with... struggling a bit. Yeah, I know we talked about it last week, and it sounds like Luke yeah. is uh, enjoying. It. I know like Leo and Bomber and those guys are yeah. loving it, um, which is awesome. Um, I'm just I'm I'm mixed on it right now. I'm I'm probably going to get it at release, but uh, yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm... I don't know how much I'm going to love it. I'm going yeah. into it knowing what I want from it, and I want a fun linear shooter. That has a cool that looks cool and it and has cool abilities. And if you're not sure, I don't remember if you guys talked about this last week, but you can get a new character without having played the prologue. It just lets you boot up. You can skip the whole prologue and just pick a new class. And I really think that's a great benefit because I switched classes that helped, but then I went back to my original and learning the abilities and making sure you're on the proper world tier that you want to be on for the experience you want is very helpful. Also, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's got it's got a lot of potential. I think I think it's cool that they're letting us run, and then they're you know, like you said, Luke, they're letting you carry over all that stuff. So that's awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just have a hard time. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the level design. I think it's counterintuitive to at least the two that I've played, mm-hmm. the two classes. Like, it, the, the cover doesn't even matter. Like, I have to like literally run up on people to live. So, so you know, I, and and but like you said last week, Lanes, the loot. Uh, Don't get me started. It's not obviously. Here's a problem. <laughs> We're division players, so it's like you, you, once you really get into it. I spent an hour and a half the other day just going through all of my stuff and uh, you know figuring out exactly what I wanted to do. You know yeah. what stats. You know optimizing. You know certain pieces that I need to. You know breaking down what I needed to break down. Sounds you know, glorious. It's it was fantastic. <laughs> you know, so with our writers, like I'm starting to see that next level like you said that the yeah. blue stuff and, so, and they're like okay so they're trying but i'm not sure that they're gonna get to that point like i've seen some of the legendary stuff i'm just like yeah that looks cool i think it's gonna be the same kind of thing as anthem for me like it's gonna be one of those games where i grab pick up play a little bit you know and then you know maybe put in 100 hours right off the bat and then i'll never go back but at least a little bit 100 hours least, that's, that's nothing. at <laughs> least you know like you said luke it's not a gas it's a self-contained game and you can just be done with it. You never have to worry <laughs> that about is, it. Steve I think that's why I like it. 
more than um, I, I like it more, I think, than Ains because I'm sometimes I miss simple games. And maybe that's why I like to yeah. play so many games at once. I just want to run and shoot. And I don't want a hyper complex system in every one of my game experiences. I'm with you, man. So I think that's why I like it. You know, that's probably why I enjoyed the joke is always that I liked Crackdown, but I enjoyed the simple just jumping around, finding orbs. There wasn't anything complicated to it. I like elements of Outriders because it's direct. I, it's a corridor shooter in some places, which does betray some of the classes, I would agree. Um, and there are certain things that, that it does very well, but I just don't want to think about it. I don't care about the story or anything in this particular <laughs> case. I just want to just want to run and gun and shoot things. And there's a level of complexity. And if I do get interested, it's there. But right now, I'm just having a blast, blast playing. So, yeah, that was anthem for me. So it I think, like, yeah, I think that's that's perfectly fair. Um, I, where I always struggle in that conversation is, and we talked about this, and we keep saying that we talked about it last week, but it's like I played Outriders for a few hours, right, and then I. Later that same day, I played Division Two, and my mind—I can't help it. My mind just goes, mm -hmm. "Why would I go back to playing Outriders when I can play this? It's better to me. It's you know, it's smoother, it's prettier, it's deeper. The loot's better. I just—I don't think there's and that's anything wrong with Say it again. Like, you, like you're maxed out. Like you, you're a level. Uh, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, like. Right, you the loot's still there, the you know the different loot and stuff. But you're you know, and now I'm not talking like SHD levels because those that'll just that just comes yeah. kind of with it. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, you've got you can you're at the point now where you can go out and just decide what you want to do yeah. and experiment with you know the min max stuff, you know, and and go out, you know. When I, I'm afraid when I get to that point, I, I don't know, you know, because you know it, it, you're. You got up to like level seven or something in Outriders, I think. You know, maybe at that point, you know, it'll be like the Division Two with not as detailed loot, and that's okay. It doesn't that's have fine. to be. You know, this one does this much head damage, this much this, this much critical. Yeah, you, know, you don't need that in every game, like Luke said. Yeah. You know, but to your point, I understand it because that's your wheelhouse. It's just me. That's yeah. what I mean. That's me. Yeah. That's not anything wrong with Outriders per se. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing Scott's saying here. My problem with Outriders, I wanted to be Gears of War. So instead I just go play Gears of War, which is fine. Yeah. Right. It's fine. Um, and, and Steve said it too. They're apple and oranges. Absolutely. Very sure. different games. Uh, why, why are you asking what SHD levels are in the chat, Luke? Um, Cause he said it out loud and I'm like, am I blanking? Am I just sleepy? I know I'm hungry. <laughs> SHD levels in Division 2 are the end game leveling. So you reach level 40, which is the end game cap. And then, you know, in like Borderlands has badass ranks and mm -hmm. Diablo 3 has the Paragon system. Uh, the system in Division 2 is SHD levels. Gotcha. I never made it far enough in Division 2, despite all the things you said. And it was simply a matter of aesthetic, oddly enough. I wasn't really interested in a, a, a military modern day, almost too modern day uh, shooter. And I think with Outriders, Anthem, Gears, the fantastical and sci-fi elements are what pull me to that. And again, that's back to a preference aspect of it. Um, but it, I, everything you guys have said all makes sense. And I'm still happy about Outriders. And I think it is the non-games of service element to it. And real talk, if I could just spiral ever so slightly. I'm terrified for Suicide Squad being a games of service game. <laughs> it really, it, I talked about it on XEP, but when I see all these conversations of Outriders versus Division versus Anthem versus Destiny, and oh God, live service is just, 
it doesn't need to be everywhere. It's too many places already. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and we saw what happened to Avengers, like you said, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Which we're, we're not even going to talk on the freaking debacle that happened with Avengers this week. We'll leave that alone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Um, by the way, I don't know what happened in chat, fellas. Um, but there, there will be no gear slander on the big desk. <laughs> okay. I don't want to have to get out of my chair and well, what's Luke doing over there? I'm excited. You said Gears, and I was like, "New, there's a new Gears novel, and it's being written by one of the best Star Wars writers I've ever read." And then I was like, "They don't, they don't care." And <laughs> it's supposed to cover the death how Anya died. I don't oh, even know who Anya is. Oh Jesus, that's All disrespectful, right. Danny. Really? Yeah, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> really? Got, I'm assuming she's a female. Again, remember how I said earlier, I'm trying to pull this show up. You know, oh, man. I just like to say that kind of stuff just to, you know. I know. Yeah. I actually, I still, I honestly have no the, idea who that is. Leo, Leo said to me earlier in the chat, he said, oh, you're going to go save the Reach and fight all the Arbiters, right? And I was like, yeah, that's stop it. it. The, the uh, books over my shoulder that have been bothering me the entire episode and now will bother other people, the ones that are falling down, those are all the Gears novels and whatnot from start to finish. Wow. And I was like, oh, man. And now I fear, uh, I fear Rising is coming out. I'm just, I'm stoked. It looks cool. Uh, I did read. I, I don't read a lot of them. I did read Ascension, the prequel to Gears Five. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, really good. Yeah. Was, was, really was good. Anya in that one? Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly have no clue who the hell she is. Anya was Marcus's wife. Oh yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah, she's dead. You're killing me. Who the hell? I, I, I swear to God, man. I'm, I'm muted. I'm muted, Luke. Luke, it's a two-person no. show going forward. Just yeah. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> oh man. Oh boy! All right. Uh, so we're like get... Bridget, I wouldn't have known. You could have just said, "Yeah, Bridget." You know, Marcus is. No, you don't know Bridget. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so let me let me uh, shout out a few things here, and then we'll we'll start to get wrapped up. Uh, Halo tournament is ongoing right now. Our friends over at Gaming Beyond the Box, uh, we the Season Gaming Squad actually plays at six p.m. Central, so a little less than four hours from now. We're playing uh, Flamish and his group. Um, I don't know who his whole squad is, but we're playing them. So be sure to check that out. It's running on uh, Gaming uh, Wilmyhood's um, YouTube channel, and it's going to be running kind of through the evening with some matches today, and then there's going to be more matches next weekend with the finals uh, on a separate date, I think the 20th or 23rd, something like that. Um, yeah, Jordan's in the chat. Uh, he's on our squad, our season gaming squad, representing. So uh, what else was I going to say? Um, I wanted to talk real quick about uh, – season game is kind of a uh, uh, god damn sorry lost my train of thought the contribution to the whole uh good in gaming and positivity thing we touched on earlier at the beginning of the show in memory of dizzy um so i've been working on an article for a couple weeks talking with a bunch of people around the community on how gaming has helped them um uh, in a number of ways whether it be stress and anxiety whether it be getting over the loss of someone you know all those other things that we all deal with in life um, so that article, along with a new industry perspective chat with the head of our Extra Life team. And by the way, the team that I'm on for Extra Life is currently number one in the world uh, for 2021 so far right now, which is awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm talking to him. Um, the video is going to be part of that. So a bunch of stuff coming this week for this uh, kind of positivity. But what I think I'm going to do, and I, I've kind of discussed and um uh, thought about is uh, is make this an ongoing thing. So uh, you know, just stay tuned for more to come in this regard. But kind of the the good in gaming is going to be the theme. It's going to be an integral part of season gaming going forward. 
um, including its own tab on the site and its own content with different content creators who focus on uh, disabilities, accessibility, positivity, all these other things, uh, sexism. You know, there's a lot of topics we can cover um, in the gaming community from that aspect. So stay tuned for that. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, uh, there is a new industry perspectives chat as well. I spoke to Colt Eastwood this week, um, sat down. That's out on the channel now. Got a lot of good feedback on that. So if you want to, uh, if you want to check that out, I'd appreciate it as well. All right. So I think we're going to head out, man. It's been a lot of fun chat. Thank you so much. A lot of good people out today. Some new faces. Thank you for all the interaction. Um, it's uh, always been a good time. You guys make it a blast. So thank you for that. Luke, always good to have you on. I don't know. Um, you know, you, you got to get on the Elden Ring train. You know, we got to figure this out somehow. Uh, I don't know what's happening there, but we'll, we'll get it. Uh, but it's always good to have you on, man. And um, obviously you and I have some uh, other things in the work with some other terrible content creator. Well, we'll awesome. talk about, but um, anyway, man, uh, people, where can they find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on the Xbox Expansion Pass, which is on all podcast services and on YouTube uh, as well. A, I don't have any new guests lined up for a little bit. I took a little break after I had like three or four in a row and I was like, all right, let me get like two weeks where I'm just I'm not interviewing anybody. But you can look for more uh, coming down the line. It's a solo show if you're not familiar, and it's all about the Xbox ecosystem. And uh, I hope anybody that heard me here for the first time is willing to check it out and uh, see if it's for you. And if it is, share it out. Yeah. And thanks for having me on, guys. Always a pleasure, uh, as usual. It's good to be here. Yeah, Joe. Thanks, dude. Um, please, uh, you know, I always forget to say this because I don't even think about it. Please hit the like button. Leave us a comment if you enjoy it. Um, share it out. We, we greatly appreciate it, of course. Dan, other than being here, you got anything else? No, man. I still don't know who Anya is. So. <laughs> Googling it right now. Yeah, uh, right. I'm giving All Chad right. a seven, or I'm giving uh, Dan a seven for this for this episode. That's Shit, high. That's high. That's pretty high. Yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much, everyone. It's been a pleasure. That was Bitcast 144, and we will see you next week. Peace.